Hi, welcome to another IAS podcast special. Uh, we're doing something that I think all of us here are very much looking forward to because uh, it's about samurai and ninjas and stuff like that. So I am joined by a bunch of cool guests, and I'm going to go down and read off the list of guests that we have. So starting off, we have Jared, Avalanche Reviews. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. I'm Jared. Uh, I, I piss and moan about old retro video games no one cares about on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and then up next we have Daybreaker Rain. Go ahead and introduce yourself. How's it going, everybody? We've been planning to do this particular podcast for, God, I feel like we've been talking about this since like last year, so finally glad to uh, sit down and uh, talk about it. Yeah, I think, I think we were talking about it for almost almost two years, actually, now that I think about it. God, has it been that? Jeez. Yeah, I think we pushed it back because of Ghost of Tsushima. So, and then we just never got around to it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and try to get this done because I really wanted to do it. So anyway, up next, we got uh, Devil Hunter James. Go ahead and introduce yourself. How's it going, folks? Been I've been waiting for this for a hot minute. I feel like we did this at the best time because uh-huh. uh, Ninja Gaiden just came out. So like, what better time to do this than now? Yeah. Yep. And then after that, we got Sing, which I think uh, this is your first time on a podcast, if I'm not mistaken. It pretty much is. Just happy to be here because I am an unashamed weeb. Hey. <laughs> and then last but not least, we got Sir Brandle. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> me too. And then you all know me as BioDevil Dom, BioDevil underscore Dom. Uh, but without any further delays, let's get right into this podcast. So, to start things off, what is your favorite ninja or samurai game? Uh, for me, that's a that's a real tough one because I, I have quite a few favorite games, but I think it's going to have to boil down to... I think my favorite series in particular would have to be uh, Onimusha. That's the one game that kind of kick-started my interest in feudal Japanese style games. Um, anybody else want to go next on this one? I have a weird combination of favorites, I think. So I'm, I'm with you right there. Onimusha is, is, is where it's at for sure. But uh, I, I kind of, I get into the, the Sheer and the Wanderer series too, which I think technically counts. Mm, okay. Yeah, see, I, I knew having Jared on board would be interesting because he was going to start throwing throwing out, like, games that I probably would have never heard of or thought of. Oh, so. yeah, I get into weird stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, I can I can go next because uh, I'll, I'll do another one that you might not be familiar with, uh, Dom. Uh, mm-hmm. I would have to say that the... Uh, the the Gambari Goimon games, Ooh, uh, particularly the uh, Ooh, particularly okay. mystical ninja starring Goimon, it's an absolute favorite mm-hmm. of mine. Always will be. Yeah, I think I remember hearing uh, Kid Shore. You can talk about that series, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a very uh, underrated series. Like it's got a cult following, but they mm. just you know it's Konami owned, so then they haven't done crap with it. So yeah. Typical Konami. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else want to go on this one? Um, 
I'm gonna throw a curveball. Dom knows this one, but some other people might not. It was Ninja Shadow of Darkness. It was like one of the first ninja games I've ever played. It was made by uh, IDOS when they were doing Tomb Raider. On the PS1, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh... It's one of those IDOS uh, Crystal Dynamics games I've never played because I've played like all the other ones that I remember like were on like Gex as like a demo. It was mm. like Tomb Raider, yeah. uh, Akuji the Heartless, and stuff like that. I've played mm-hmm. like all the other ones except that one. That's the only one I haven't played. It's also a demo on. There's a demo of the actual game itself on a Tomb Raider one's disc that came with oh, it. Oh, so okay. Nice. But yeah, it's an awesome beat 'em up, and it kind of kickstarted me in there. I think if I had to pick something more famous, though, I would have said Tenchu. And then I just basically spiraled down into everything else that everybody knows that exists. Mm. For sure. Samurai game. Samurai thing, then. Because you already mentioned ninjas and shit. Samurai is hard because I didn't play a lot of samurai stuff growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't really have a particular one in that regard. I can't say. I got to ask, is anybody else in here... uh, Anybody else in the call that's into the Way of the Samurai series like I am? I have one of the games, but I have not played it. Mm. I played three, and I'm like, what the fuck am I playing? That's yeah, what I was I like, yeah, like, it's not bad, but it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's it's very weird, but I love it for some odd reason. It's it's a weird niche. Yeah, I never got Here's into it. My only experience with that one was the first game. And even then, just for one playthrough, that was it. Mm. Yeah, that that's a series that gets better as you play the, the more newer games because it seems like the dev team likes to try to improve the mechanics and uh certain aspects to like the choose your own adventure style of samurai game which we'll definitely talk about in a later question yeah i didn't want to i didn't want to ask about some more obscure uh titles if we're going to cover it in another question so yeah i Um, guess since was going yet i may as well throw in my uh, hand and tell here but yeah mm. my favorite samurai game is I'm not sure if you guys remember this one but i have a special place in my heart for Bushido, the bushido blade one on the- oh <laughs> yeah nice I, completely off topic but since you brought up bushido blade did any of you guys ever play the uh, the video game based off the deadliest warriors tv show Yes, I have actually. Yeah, it plays. Play it plays. It plays exactly like Bushido Blade. It's literally just like a more modern Bushido Blade. Really? It, yeah. Oh it's, damn. It's like yeah, the health bar don't matter. You take like one or two hits and you die. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's stupid fun with friends. So I definitely recommend it. That rules. Yeah. Our so friend I actually have a, that game. <laughs> I have a funny story about that. Um, Around the time that I got my PS3, that game had already come out, and uh, I I never played the game, but I got the um, like one of my first avatars on PlayStation Network. I got the like samurai icon because I it looked so fucking cool. Nice. Weep. Yeah. Talk, I need I need to um go next actually. Yeah. Um, my favorite samurai game. Ooh, that's honestly a hard one though, but I might have to say Ghost of Tsushima. Ooh. Yeah, because uh, I would have picked Neo though, but something about Ghost it hit um very very differently. Because not only they went with a more historic um historic accuracy type thing, but it yeah. also changes a lot of things that we see in you know, in the genre or samurai games. You know, 
Yeah. So I will go more in detail about that in later questions, but yeah, I can say it goes. I would have said yeah. that, but I didn't want to pick anything too stereotypical to start off with, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite ninja game. game. Mm -hmm. uh, this actually might come to a surprise for a lot of people here, but I'm actually thinking Sekiro might be one of my favorite ninja um, shinobi type games. Really? I think you didn't say Ninja yeah. Guy and utterly shocks me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe it's it. Don't pick the obvious. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah, yeah I wasn't pick Ninja Guy though, but you know, I've been playing a lot of Sekiro and like, yeah, yeah I've been vibing with it. Yeah, I'm kind of like the polar opposite. Like, I, I like Sekiro's um, story. I just don't like its combat. I like the ideas but... it has, but yeah, I don't like the Dance Dance Revolution style combat. I'm just not into it. That's the thing that it resonated to me, though. Is like, it's all, like, really skill-dependent and patience. Like, it's literally a rhythm game, but it's a rhythm game that you can either control or it will fuck you over, you know? Yeah, now, of I, course, the I, biggest I, elephant in the room is the Soulsborne elements, which I will give it a huge element down because I think that was ne mm. not necessary. Mm. But overall, though, I think the game was honestly well crafted in its um, mechanics. You know, it's all come down to can you top the um your enemy with the um, mechanics at hand? And yeah, like it does a good job in making you feel like a badass, but also in return, make you feel like a bitch if you fuck up. <laughs> I do. Uh, I really like that game's. Um like overall movement that that is one thing that i can absolutely give it credit for because like you have a lot of options in terms of movement in that game a little too many honestly so especially the amount of things are mapped to one button it's like jesus christ guys like simplified a little bit yeah um so i think we're good on on this one unless if anybody else wants to bring up something before we move on okay, uh, give one. good okay so uh brandon you want to read off number two Oh, okay. Um, as a follow-up <laughs> question, uh, what was the thing that stood out to you the most from your favorite Ninja Samurai game? Gameplay mechanics, character setting, lore, etc., etc. Ooh, okay. um, hmm, for me, I will say for Ghost, it will definitely be the setting and the um, like the characters, mm. because um, I don't know, like the way they were just written is like. It was just right, you know, but I don't, I don't know. Like it, it just hit hit um hit right. It was just written notes at the time, especially after their one disappointing game that came out earlier that year. But for um Sekiro, honestly, it would be just the um the gameplay. I just I love the gameplay loop, even with its frustrations. Yeah. For me, um, when like talking about like Onimusha, um. What really kind of sold me on that series was just I had never seen anything like set in like like Japanese history or anything like that. It was such a new experience for me at the time because I was like when when both Onimusha One and Devil May Cry One came out, I was like about I was about like four or five years old. Um, but I you know eventually had seen those games as I was getting a little bit older. Not not by much, but you know, just like one or two years older, and I I just I absolutely fell in love with that series because it was just so different. Mm -hmm. um, and then I know like some of you all who've played the original like PS2 release or or even the original uh, Xbox release will know like that that original soundtrack is just 
so amazing yeah for the first game it's 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 a shame that it had to get changed Mm -hmm. but you know unfortunately frauds be damned you know interestingly Um, if you play onimusha tactics there's a pretty faithful rendition on the title screen of that like onimusha title track it's mm. actually pretty cool yeah i barely played tactics so like i my my knowledge on tactics is very vague mm. tactics and uh blade warriors those are the two that i've like barely played yeah i'm playing and through tactics I... right now for the first time Ooh. okay blade yeah, warriors that... blade warriors is something <laughs> yeah. that game is on but fucking annoying because the AI could cheap you. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I will say this now: do the obvious and master Eshins and whatnot because you know, those would be your best friends. Oh, so you there are actual Eshins. Well, that's that's what yeah, blew me yeah. away about tactics is there's Eshins in a strategy RPG. It's dope. Yeah, yeah like they, they did a really good job converting the usual playstyle of Onimusha into a Smash clone, and hmm. yeah, it's quite impressive what the what they could um do. Asians, mm. especially, is a must. I cannot stress that enough. You have to learn master of the Asians. That's dope. All right. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, I do know the one thing about tactics is they have that. Um, as we're getting sidetracked and talking about Onimusha, um, they had this one character which I thought was really cool because I'm like I'm like super into the uh, the lore of Onimusha, mm. and um, tactics, despite not being necessarily a canon game, as far as I'm aware. Uh, they had this really cool idea of having um, your your main protagonist kind of like Jubei Yagyu in the first game, or the first game, the second game, who's uh, half human, half Oni. Mm. Uh, that's also the case in uh, with Onimaru and his uh, sister, yeah. as far as I remember. But then you also have this other character who's half human, half Genma, and I th- I just thought that was really cool, because, like, they didn't really explore that in the uh, the mainline series. Yeah, that is so, kind of cool. And I was always kind of wondering, like, I wonder if they'd ever ever tried to do that, if they ever do an Onimusha 4 in the future. So. Um, but, for me, you know, Onimusha is, like, I just I love everything about it, from the characters, the gameplay mechanics, the setting, the lore, it's 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 my baby. <laughs> yeah. So like, well, I think what's interesting uh, about it is it's not so. I mean, like I, I it's weird. So mm. I'm, I'm obsessed with Japanese culture, but I'm I'm a big like contemporary Japanese culture guy. I'm really interested in in modern stuff. So I, I've never been super on board with the the ancient Japan stuff. You know, and it never really appealed to me as much. But what did appeal to me about Onimusha is the Japanese like obsession with making very strict, accurate period pieces and then throwing in these crazy like high fantasy elements. It's like yeah. with with the with the, uh, the US it'd be the, the the old West would be our kind of analog. And mm. you have games like Red Dead Redemption, which, you know, works of fiction, but the point is to stay pretty accurate to what existed back then. Whereas like if the Japanese were gonna take a a swing at that they would have people summoning the devil in the middle of town or something you know what i mean like yeah they would add those yeah. fantasy elements that kind of just offset the reality of it and works together perfectly Demons. Yeah. actually um kind of kind of going off of that point um and since i was just talking about the way of the samurai series there's that one spin-off in that um that series called samurai western mm. uh, which is literally the the whole plot of that game is 
there's a samurai coming in from you know 1800s japan to to the americas in the wild west to look for his brother to bring back home so he could literally commit seppuku in front of his parents he literally just straight up goes to his brother in a saloon and he's like come back home so you could commit seppuku in front of our parents the ps2 is that the is greatest game console <laughs> <laughs> Divergence a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, just on a side note before I let the next person go, um, I am a huge sucker for the Musou games, and I really get into the like stories for for those. I know that's kind of weird because like Musou games, you typically look at and they're like a lot of people don't necessarily care for them because they're very repetitive, but I, I really get into like the the fictional stories that they kind of tell for some of these characters, like what if Nobunaga never got like assassinated during the Honoji incident or mm -hmm. like what if like certain other characters like lived longer than what they actually did or if they succeeded in their conquests. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I really dig that. You know, I was recently, I was watching that Netflix show, uh, something like battle for Ragnarok or battle on Rack, something like that. And Lu Bu was in it, and I guess that's an actual, like, person from Chinese history, and not just something that was yep. made up in Muso. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of segueing into uh, what I wanted to say, I, I think what really drew me in with um, the uh, Gunbari Goimon games was de definitely the the characters and the setting, um, and mm -hmm. just kind of the overall sort of like anime aesthetic oh, that yeah. it gives to um you know to feudal era japan and this was something that i actually didn't know about replaying the uh the n64 title mystical ninja starring goemon like i didn't realize that a lot of the areas that you travel in of, of course they're fictionalized versions but they are actually real areas in japan i didn't know that hmm. for the longest time so I, I thought that that was really cool that they were able to make like a super condensed version of Japan because obviously it's, you know, the N64, the the system is super limited in terms of what it can offer. So they're not going to be able to make like a, you know, Ghost of Tsushima style game with this huge expansive map uh, on the 64. But it, it was just really interesting to find that out that, you know, that for the longest time I didn't know that. So, and that's what really sucks, especially now is because it's like, if they were to make a game of that series now, they have the technology to probably add the entirety of Japan, and I think that that would be really cool. Because, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there's really not a lot of um, games that, at least in an open-world concept, kind of like what would be a Ganbari Goimon game that uh, allow you to like transverse the entirety of Japan, right? No. Oh, we got not Dancing Wars 9? Question mark? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> uh well i war is being said in china but yeah no it's um there's nothing out there as far as like hey you can uh go out of your way and travel like from one end of japan to the other um the closest thing we have as far as like doing anything like that is like uh the nobunaga's ambition series there, there's a couple of like more um when I was looking on PlayStation Network, there was a couple of more like retro style, uh, um, real time strategy games. Um, 
that uh, kind of revolve around like conquering Japan as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and also the Samurai Warriors Empire series where they kind of just let you conquer all of Japan and uh, grow your grow your empire. But nothing um, nothing in the sense of like, hey, I you know, if I just want to become a samurai, just literally fight everybody in like duels or whatever, kind of like Musashi or something, you know, mm -hmm. you, you can't do it. All right, anyone else? Going once, well, going I... twice. <laughs> well, uh, in my case with the Bushido Blade, ironically enough, what drew me in more into that game was, ironically at first, the one thing that put me off of it, and that was for its main single-player story mode, it had a Code of Honor system where if you did anything dishonorable in that fight, even as much as going as far as, like, attacking your opponent as soon as they tried to introduce themselves or attacking them from the back. If you got to a certain point in the game, it would just end well, before you could actually finish it with this like black text, yeah. basically in a roundabout way saying, you are not a good person. <laughs> yeah, that was and, cool. Cause you could like throw sand in people's eyes and stuff, but then the yeah. game looked down on you for it. Yeah. And what even made it more ironic was the first time you actually get past that point, the opponent you end up fighting is a guy with a gun who can shoot you as soon as you like <laughs> do your intro. So it's like, do I still have to follow this code of honor at that point? And surely enough, yeah. the game still punishes you for it. So it's more of like just trying to embrace like the way these guys are supposed to fight even though the setting for the game wasn't actually you know, like in like like past times, this was taking place in the modern day. So mm. it was kind of interesting to see like like how like these guys like even though they were supposed to be assassins, like they had this sort of code of honor, and it kind of just drew me more into the lore, which was all the more reason why when I got to play the sequel, they didn't really have a lot of that. It was just more of a straight and forward a fighting game. Mm -hmm. Although you can still die in a couple of hits, it's just you didn't really have that elaborate effect for story mode. Yeah, that's um, it's kind of a similar thing with uh, the way the Samurai series as well. You mm -hmm. um, you can kind of be a completely dishonorable cunt and do like the most vile shit, or you can go on and be a hero. Mm -hmm. uh, Anyone else? Yep, James. Oh, uh, this is for mechanics, right? Um, yeah, anything, anything that stood out to you that makes the game your favorite? I guess the exploration and the beat em up style. It's like this weird 3D beat em up explorative type game. Mm. So I guess IDOS was experimenting at the time because I think all they made was Tomb Raider at that point. So they were trying to branch out. Um, unfortunately, the story is very minimal, so I can't say that. Hmm. But I would say just the exploration and the way the levels were designed were very interesting and the fact that you're alone the whole game. There's no help. It's just you. Hmm. That's about it. It's you know, it's a very simplistic game, so there's not too much to say on it. Anybody else? To bring before? up something yeah. else important about that game, James. What, that's fucking hard? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's very Video gamey, video game, as in it starts easy and gets ridiculous by the end of it. 
Uh, didn't that game have sort of like a top-down, kind of like the 3D Gauntlet game sort of uh, perspective? Am I thinking of the, the right cameras, one? The camera shifts a lot, but I wouldn't say it's quite top-down. Uh, okay. It has like a fixed angle for certain areas. I, I remember but seeing it, the, uh, mm -hmm. the the advertisements in game magazines all the time back in the day. Yeah, they always pick the parts where the camera's pulled out. Usually if you're fighting, they, they always try to keep the camera pulled out, but... I need it's to play like that, has... honestly. Oh, it's good. I would. I think it's a hidden gem for the PS One. Hmm. Um, it's like the camera angles. It's like it's fixed, but it still follows you, type of thing. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, Brandon, did you want to? Or I think you already went, right? Yes, I did. I think. Well, uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. You did? Okay, cool. Uh, Jared, you want to read off number three? All right, sure. Let's see. Uh, there's various types of samurai games that have been released over the decades. The older games tend to be arcade-style platformers and beat-em-ups along with RTS games, while modern games now delve into stealth action adventure hack-and-slash genres. What is your opinion on this? I did a pretty good job of reading that, if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? So I, I, I will say this. Older games tend to be like arcade-style platformers, beat-em-ups, stuff like that. I think a majority of games in general, probably from, let's say, the SNES and, and below generations, were relatively beat-em-ups and arcade-style games because we were just kind of evolving out of that style of, of game development. So I feel like when you think of an icon like a ninja or a samurai, your first thought is, okay, combat. And our framework for what video game combat was is, you know, either a side-scroller or a beat-em-up. That kind of makes sense. Right. Oh, you know, like, I think it's kind of interesting how we've... Um... You know, kind of talking about, like, those uh, older, like, arcade games. Because, like, Ninja Gaiden, for example, right? Started off as a side-scrolling series, and then it became a hack-and-slash series with the, the reboot. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting how uh, how far we've come. Like, I think even Shinobi, um, that series, was also started off as a uh, side-scrolling series, and then it had really? the modern yep. ps2 yeah yeah i've never, like never heard of the original mm -hmm. I've only, i only know of the ps2 game hmm. hell the last game was a remake of the um first game i believe or a new game altogether but starring the i believe the original um shinobi hmm. yeah it was a really like i'm just not good at it yeah so so it was a uh, like the shinobi that's on 3ds is a remake of the first one as far as i'm yeah. aware but yeah. what they did was to try to make um because in the original, it was just a, you know, your, your generic looking shinobi with like white and red uh, clothing. Uh, so what they did was to make it stand out a little bit more, they changed the armor and the remake to look more like uh, Hatsuma from the Shinobi PS2 game. Mm -hmm. So that way the um, there was a more of a consistent look for the series. Yeah, which yeah, is kind of cool. Was... I like that armor. Mm. I thought it was Hatsuma yeah. for years though, until Daybreaker. No, clarify my ignorance on that, which thank yeah. you very much for it. <laughs> no worries, man. Yeah. Um but yeah, like like games like that, um, it is it is interesting to see how they, you know, it was initially like beat 'em up or um 
real-time strategy stuff or arcade style uh, side scrollers and stuff like that and um now where we kind of get into like stealth games or action adventure games or um you know choose your own adventure games it's a lot of different things that you could do with uh with that kind of setting i think and i think a lot of developers kind of realize that that you can do a lot more than just the typical you know side scroller or arcade beat em up or real time strategy game yeah for sure you know what i think would be would lend itself really well to the actual like concept of of being a ninja would be something along the lines of uh the last of us where uh, it's more stealth driven and if you do get into a fight you know you're not necessarily guaranteed to win it and you mm-hmm. kind of procure what you need on site right so you come across something you put together a, a makeshift weapon or something like that that kind of feels a little more genuine to you know what a ninja would be in reality to me uh, which last of us in particular the first or second one because in two way the game has been like restructured a little bit you are actually more guaranteed at least to win a fight if you had the right gear whereas two yeah. I mean, i'm sorry one you know it's not the case where you're going to get clapped you know pretty easily Okay, so that's good to know because I thought it was just me when I was playing part. I only got halfway to through part two, and I was like, "Yeah, it seems a little more actiony to me. Maybe it's just me." No, no, um, I was there. I, I stopped playing halfway through, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I know that. Like, At least it wasn't you know, just me. That's good to know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, actually, um, kind of thinking about that from uh, we're talking like ninjas, right? So like, um. I'm a history nerd, so uh, one of the like interesting things about uh, Shinobi, like real life Shinobi, is that um, you know the whole idea of like if you got caught, it was basically you know you better you know kill everybody that saw you or die trying. You know, mm-hmm. like there was no like you, you didn't just fail. Like death was your only option if you failed. So I I think like. And concept for a game like that, I think that'd be kind of cool because it's like you oh, yeah. constantly have to think about like being very stealthy. I guess I could kind of take some aspects from like the uh, the Splinter Cell series as well with like you know making um, making slight movement would like increase the amount of sound that you're making, but then at the same time you could also hear everybody else like moving and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a lot. That's very much like the older Tenchu games. Mm. I mean, those games, outside of the boss fights, they generally insist on stealth. So are are you saying you would kind of want to see something similar to like a, like a rogue, uh, uh, what are the rogue, roguelite? Is that what the genre is called? Roguelike, sorry. Uh, so you would like to see like a roguelike ninja game where if your character dies, like you have to be, a, you're like, you start over as a new character. That sounds more fitting for a yeah. samurai game, honestly. Hmm. And now we got a conversation going. Actually, you know what? Save that thought for the next one, actually, because um, that that could apply to the whole conversation at hand, you know? Hmm. Uh, as far as like what drama, no, uncommon or common dramas you wouldn't see more of for hmm. each thing. Yeah. Was, yeah oh, Lord, that's, that's an interesting thought you, um, you brought up. Uh, so, and then, you know, I guess we look at, like, samurai games, right? Samurai games, we're t- typically thinking, um, like, hack and slash or action, action adventure, uh, which, you know, 
really you can't go wrong with with the samurai game but i thought it was very interesting that like we had games like uh neo which uh decided hey we're gonna start going into like a rpg style territory action rpg uh territory or in the case of um onimusha it's at least the first one uh it's kind of like a blend of uh survival horror and action adventure which really uh kind of bolstered its uniqueness mm -hmm. did anybody else want to go on this one or uh no you guys kind of said most of it yeah yeah i think i'll just it's kind of really hard to more. add on to this one mainly because there's really not much you can fit in with uh, other genres in it with either of those archetypes. Mm. I, do, I do think I'd, I'd just like to comment that it seems almost kind of a natural progression when it comes to how the games of the past in this genre for like Ninja and Samurai were to how they are now, especially because the technology allows for such more vast experiences to be made. So there's obviously not going to be the same appeal uh, for a you know triple A developed game like Ghost of Tsushima to be you know an arcade beat 'em up where it's oh you play this one stage and then go on to the next one you know you people are gonna want something a little bit more in depth I feel like obviously there's still a place for the the retro inspired games you know just look at the indie market there's a dime a dozen yeah for those right. but you know when it comes to seeing uh new light breathed into these type of genres i i think people want something more akin to like ghost of tsushima where it's like you get to transverse you know a, a huge open world and get to partake in a in a world that you may not have otherwise gotten to see you know if <clears throat> the technology hadn't advanced to the point that it has mm -hmm. yeah uh definitely Keep that in the back of your mind because there is a question that kind of revolves around that. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of an interesting one, but uh, well, it's going to come up in a later question. Um, but since we're all good here, uh, Singh, do you want to read off number four? Let's see here. What, um, uh, what uncommon genres, for example, RPG, stealth, soul? etc would you like to see for ninja and samurai and what common genres such as hack and slash action adventure platformers etc would you like to see more of you only pick one for both ninja and samurai Ooh. okay uh, can i go first on this one real quick okay yeah. I i'm actually gonna break the rule set there for one sec i'm actually gonna have one that applies to both potentially apply to both and that would be mm. metroidvania actually Ooh, I, especially for the ninja side I yeah. think you no, know, a Metroidvania style game would work wonders for the ninja side, especially. But I think it would work for both. Yeah. Did that, any uh, of most you guys? Strider game was like that. Yes. It yes. Is. I was actually going to ask: Did any of you guys play either the Messenger or uh, Cyber Shadow? No, I, I have a little bit of that. I've not heard of those yeah, games actually. actually. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Game. I have the Messenger, and I have. Uh, gotten confirmation that Cyber Shadow is really, really good. Um, also, uh, Katana Zero. I don't know if anybody played Katana Zero, but I've heard I that heard that's it. really good too. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, from what I played of it so far, it's definitely a fun one, but also quite difficult. Hmm. Yeah, I, I played a little bit of uh, The Messenger before um, just to record footage for this podcast. And um, I, I thought it was really fun for what I played. I, I'm not used to like the classic style Ninja Gaiden games. I, I'd like to give them a shot one day. Mm. Um, so, so it was a very interesting uh interesting uh experience for me at least because it's out of my comfort zone um so but yeah I, I think i think that's a very interesting suggestion having a metroidvania style ninja game just more metroidvania a... games in general really yeah right. yeah. yeah sure um, i but... see i was actually thinking um so we don't really have anything like Onimusha. I mean, I guess you could kind of look at Neo, but Neo is more of a an action. That's more Ninja Gaiden based, yeah. really. It, it's it's Samurai Gaiden with some Soulsborne mixed mixed into it. But what I was thinking is like having an, a legitimate uh, like successor to Onimusha. That's you know a hack and slash uh, survival horror style game, or just hack and slash horror game. You know. You know, I'm down um, with that. Yeah, because it's oh, basically like, only Musha one, but more emphasis on the horror. Yeah, maybe like and and you know you don't necessarily have to be a samurai. You could probably be a ninja, and um, you know definitely definitely an emphasis on having like uh, like magical weapons and stuff like that. But st still, weapons that kind of feel like would make sense in that uh, setting. Mm -hmm. Um. Because we, like I said, we don't really get anything like Onimusha. It's very much a one of a kind. So the Absolutely, fact that, yeah, you know, like like when I think about it, like you look, we were just talking about the indie market, for example, right? We we see a lot of Resident Evil successors, and we're starting to see a little bit more of like Dino Crisis successors now coming around. But we see less no... first person, thankfully, but yeah, yeah. but no. Um... No Onimusha successors, and that, that genuinely hurts me. <laughs> no, well, you know, people tend to be of this opinion that that the, the more survival horror-style games are just antiquated, and I, I don't understand that, because we still have popular AAA platformers, which you could easily, you know, argue predates survival horror by a few decades, but for some reason that gameplay style isn't antiquated, but... Uh, controlling a oh, character yeah. in a survival horror game somehow has become this thing that no one can do anymore. And when you bring it up, people genuinely, I mean, I speaking from experience, my comment section, uh, if I make a comment about, let's say, a more modern style Resident Evil over the shoulder game, where I, mm. I say something like, oh, I wish this was a survival horror title. It's always like, oh, it's such an old style, like no one does it anymore. I, I don't understand why. I really don't get it. I think I'm too biased to see the other side of the argument on this one. I think it's more of the it, ignorant on the masses because, no, I'm almost guarantee you those people are, like, the more common gamer that don't go outside their comfort zone or look deeper into the industry because yeah. you do see a lot of survival-based or a lot of horror-based games out there. It's just they're not mainstream games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was going to I was gonna also bring up, too, really quick that... Uh, uh, you can kind of look at like turn-based RPGs in the same light because mm -hmm. they they're kind of in that same boat of like we have a bunch of new like popular uh, turn-based RPGs like we just had um, 
Yakuza 7, which yeah. I don't particularly think needed to be a Yakuza game, but it, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad game per se. You know, my I argument feel- there would be is not so much that it didn't need to be a Yakuza game, because then we have like Yakuza Dead Souls and then the old uh, like Meiji era yeah. Yakuza games. It, and, it just needed and, to be um, a spinoff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like they did it in a way where it was like, I know this is really un- unrelated. I guess we could talk about Yakuza. And- <laughs> And, and talk about the spinoffs in just a moment but like you know at, at least in that regard like we had um we had that weird naming scheme where in japan it's still considered seven but then over here in the west it's considered a spinoff which is like i know i know what you're doing uh, sega like capcom mm. did the same thing yeah. so. no it's not considered a spinoff it is considered a next entry though but they market mm. it as a new beginning kind of like how god of war did it but unlike god of war it actually has a subtitle yeah mm-hmm. so um but speaking of yakuza um kenzen and ishin uh fantastic games i've I've only played a little bit of kenzen and i've played the demo for ishin and they're just really fun hack and slash games hmm. speaking yeah. of uh kenzen have anybody actually played the kenzen series the uh the real-time strategy games for the ps2 never no I tried once, not knowing, because oh, like the the cover the cover drew me in. I didn't realize it was on RTS. I was like, "Oh, cool samurai dude on the front of the cover." Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's a samurai game. Like I thought it was something like a Musou. And then I get in, and I'm like, "Oh, this is RTS. This is not my this is not my forte." Like I'm very oh. particular about real time strategy. Mm-hmm. You mean uh, Kessen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember they did something with that game. It was like one of those games where if you had save data of like one of the Samurai Warriors games, you would unlock like a character early or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah man. I remember I... back in the day when you used to have features like that, like game saves would unlock certain, like a Legend of Mana. If you have an FF7 game save, you get a Chocobo. That's cool as shit, man. I miss that. Mm. Right. Oh, like, I, I also miss the, uh, <laughs> I miss the, uh, the data flag system from the, uh, from the uh, dot hack games i oh, thought yeah. that that was a really really cool system so it's like all the progress you made in your for your character and everything in the first game it's like oh it goes all on to the second game like yeah. super yeah, cool basically dot hack is literally like one whole game is broken different parts so like mm-hmm. that was just like the smartest idea for them to like carry over your progress from each entry until the final for sure well, yeah. until the last yeah. eu game so like yeah yeah that, that was really smart though. I wish more games did that. But yeah. and it's, it's totally still rain. doable. I mean, we still save all of our stuff on hard drives. You could just do a quick, you know, scrub of the hard drive and find something related. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, and we also have like if you look at uh, games that have like the support for backwards compatibility on like for, uh, PS4 and PS5 and uh, Xbox One and Series X. A lot of these, well, some of these games at least have uh save data transfer hmm. from you know just going from a different version so it's i don't feel like it would be impossible to do per no, se i don't think so yeah hmm. um so did anybody else want to talk about this or, or yeah i i hey, breaker yeah go ahead okay um i actually wanted to say that i would like to see a more ninja centric game uh, mm-hmm. like Ghost of Tsushima, but it's more based on ninjas and there's the stealth elements and more open world so you can go across the land. And I think even it would be kind of a cool thing because I know that 
uh, ninjas like to operate at night. So I thought that that actually be kind of a cool thing to like implement like a day to night system where it's more beneficial mm. to do things at night than it is during the day. Um, oh, so Tenchu Z basically, but I think that <laughs> game is mostly in night, right? So... Yeah, yeah, and that was more like mission based because you select your missions from like a center hub, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, uh, I never, but, like, I never finished the... it, but I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, that game kind of kicked my ass though, but I want to go back and conquer it one day. But, yeah, yeah, that's not like, a good example. Uh, it kind of sounds like MGS Five in a way. Yeah, like MGS yeah, Five, like of... you could. Mm. Taking could, the good gameplay from MGS5. <laughs> yeah, and actually, you know, you could the way you can make this a little bit more interesting too, right? Is um, MGS5 uh, they did it where like depending on what you did in the game, uh, the enemies would adapt. So like if you kept doing missions at night, in at least in that game, uh, enemies would start wearing night vision goggles, or if you started like uh, doing more headshots, they would start wearing like helmets and stuff like that. Or that's pretty you, dope. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, like, so you could, like, do it, like, let's say that you you go, like, do a mission in a particular area, and you fail it, and then try to redo it, like, the security or something starts bumping up, so it gets progressively harder the more yeah. you fail or something. That, that would actually be really cool. I'd like that. Mm. Yeah, and they, like, you know, recognize certain paths and patterns you, you take. Like, if you start going through, like, a certain area a lot, they'll be like, okay, well... We seem to get a lot of break-ins from this part of the area, so let's bump up security in this part of the map, right? Or, um, you know, uh, we seem to be getting killed a lot by bows and arrows, so why don't we start placing, like, archers or, like, certain, like, provisions to prevent stuff like that. Yeah, I'd be down. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> if, we're talking, if we're talking, like, an MGS5 style thing, then they put on helmets whenever they got shot in the head, so I would assume it would be the same logic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then what if you uh, did something like where if you end up putting more resources on this one spot, the game would end up uh, compensating for that by leaving this other spot like uh, unguarded as much just to keep it so that a bit more realistic, I guess. I could see that too. Yeah, that'd yeah. actually be really cool. Like, Man. Five, I've tried to counter the, the play style you did the most. So it wouldn't try to protect itself in other areas as much. So it could probably still work that way. You know what's Man, weird we're about that? Showing out ideas right now. I, go ahead. I, well, I never knew any of that shit went on in MGS5. I kept playing the same way, and I never noticed any difference in difficulty at all. Yeah. I could have sworn, like, if you were trying to gung-ho it, too, I think the enemies would start wearing, like, heavier body armor. No, I mean, that sounds like, that. like a Kojima idea, yeah. too. Like, that flat-out, if it's not, that should be in the game for sure. It's just that's how oblivious I am when I'm playing a video. I'm, I'm so dropped into that experience that I don't even notice when it changes. I'm just responding like as it does. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, and yeah, they, they would start like carrying uh, higher grade weapons, uh -huh. higher grade body armor and stuff like that. They'd have more security. They would, I think they would start even putting up like cameras and having certain patrols. And didn't they also uh, try to counter snipe you if you were trying to play a sniper too much? They yeah, like yeah, they would have like sniper that. units. They'd have claymores out, like all sorts of different stuff. Like the only thing uh, that was cut from the actual game, and I know this is diverging a bit, but I'm going to tie this back into the subject at hand. But um, they cut the idea of like having like patrol units trying to look for you outside of the base and chasing you down with like guard dogs and stuff like that uh. and to make this interesting i think for like 
you know, a ninja game or even a samurai game, right? Um, well, maybe a ninja game would make a little bit more sense, right? Um, it would be interesting to see if they had, like, samurai trying to hunt you down with, like, you know, whole, like, specific units and, you know, maybe having them carry out guard dogs or having like other shinobi that are trying to hunt you down and stuff like that oh I yeah put a price on your cool. head that'd be well, sick well actually hold up dom um, i'm gonna do you one though let's say in a hypothetical ghost of shishima sequel right uh they should mm. probably uh do something like that oh like, yeah for sure uh, yeah aren't they having a new game coming out not to sidetrack too hard into that like supposedly like it's ghost supposed of... to be a standalone expansion i think which like I mean, either way, nine. that's not too surprising, you know. Like, I don't know. Um, I mean, it is sucker punch. They did that with Infamous as well, right? Where they had a uh, yeah, yeah. When Infamous so. is, mm. became popular, the first game they they ran with it like immediately. Yeah, yeah. They they did that with the standalone expansion uh, for Second Son, First Light, and I I've heard First Light is actually a lot better of an experience than Second Son, so. Hmm. I'll say narratively speaking, yes, but gameplay is up to you. But that's all I'll say on that. Uh, are we able to move on, Dom? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, let's have Dave. Well, I think Daybreaker already read. So let's have James read off number five. I haven't read a question, but that's all right. <laughs> you, yeah. Okay. You I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I thought you did. John Jared, I read one off. Let him read it. off number six. Yeah, I'll take uh, it. I'll have you read off number six, I promise. <laughs> Wait, am I reading it or is he reading it? Yeah, you're reading. You you read off number five and he'll, he'll read number six. All right. Most feudal Japanese games are commonly set in the mid to late 1500s or early 1600s. However, some games have broken the norm and have time periods set from as early as the 1100s or as late as the 1800s. Do you believe that more games should be set in more non-common time period settings? Example, Ghost of Tsushima, Otogi 1 and 2, and Way of the Samurai series. Who wants to go first? I think I, I have a very uh, weird niche thing that I enjoy, and it's when you take uh, very historic elements and bring them into a more contemporary setting. So, mm -hmm. you know, like a, a Western where uh, there's also like airships or you know your final fantasy 7 style where it's a cyberpunk future but people are still using swords i'd love to see a contemporary samurai story that takes place in you know modern day tokyo let's say and there are people there's a class of society that are allowed to be samurais like oh fuck i'm psyching myself up just thinking about it honestly <laughs> You know what? Really enough, I think there's an anime out there. I forgot what it's called that technically does something like this. Oh, where, there like, has to ninjas, be for sure. Samurai and sh shrine mating still exists. Hmm. Yeah, it's an edgy type anime. I would want to point that out, though, but I forgot what it's called. Hmm. But yeah, something like that does exist. Just I don't remember the name. I'm sure. Yeah. We have ninja games that do that, but we never had samurai, which is weird. Hmm. You know what? There is one game that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, it's. Seven, I think it's called Seven Samurai 20XX. Oh, for the PS2, to, yeah. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like a retelling of uh, the Kurosawa film, yep. uh, The Seven Samurai. So, you yeah, know, I love like Kurosawa's films are amazing. Yeah, they like so. I mean, it has been done before. It's just not not common. Like, mm -hmm. not with Samurai Ninja. You got like Ninja Gaiden, Strider, Shinobi. You have a lot of those, but. 
For some yeah, reason, even... Samurai is not touched on as much. Yeah, it's yeah. like super niche. Yeah, like he even got like obvious examples like Cyber Shadow and even Hagane. Mm. What was that indie game that got really popular? I think it was indie game that uh, 2D ninja game. The Messenger. Was that it? That, yeah, are, are you talking about the cell shaded ninja game? Mark of the uh, Ninja, that's what it was. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. Mark. Of... Yeah, I think it's made by the Shank developers. I believe that game is also in the future, if I'm not mistaken. Mark of the Ninja. Wait a minute, that's bringing back memories. Hold on. Yeah, it was on the 360 and PS3, I believe, and before they ported it over to other yeah. platform. Oh, Way that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I know. I remember this. Yeah, I so I made this question in particular um, because I was thinking about it from the perspective of like, okay, Kosta Tsushima is set in like the the early 1100s, uh, but then we have things that are you know really out there. Like most of the way of the samurai games are set in the late 1800s, with the exception of um, Way of the Samurai Three, which kind of follows the typical 15, what is it, 1500s, mid 1500s. Um, Oh, if you want to be real technical, too, um, Neo Two goes like literally back in time with his um with the samurai yeah. stuff. As far as like what um five hundred, nine hundred. Yeah, yeah, like, so really that's... old Japan in that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it go like at least in the main game, it goes as far as the late sixteen hundreds. So it's like or late no mid uh early yeah, early sixteen um, hundreds. Right? One was. Yeah, literally the the start of the 1600s, and then Neo 2 is just a little after the start of the first game. Yeah. At least so, it ends that way. It's, um... So, so like I was saying, it, it's one of those things where I wanted to ask it because we don't really see games like that. Um, like, Way of the Samurai specifically, most of those games, they kind of pride themselves on, like, we're trying to tell more or less the end of the... Uh, the like the way of the samurai in the late 1800s when they were doing the um when they were going through the uh Meiji restoration period yeah yep and um with ghost of tsushima which is something that they you know there really isn't any other game like it where they kind of cover the mongol invasion of japan so it's kind of interesting to see how uh how drastically um different and uncommon those time periods are but like a lot of these games tend to really have an emphasis on like the importance of those time periods even though like obviously they try to make it really fun and engaging for those games like even otogi which is kind of like a uh, well those games are um based on japanese folklore at mm-hmm. least um they're set in like very um very interesting time periods as well. I think they're like set between like the nine hundreds and eleven hundreds, something like that. So it's it, it's a very interesting concept, I think, and I, I'd like to see more of it because it's very common, at least for a lot of these types of games where they're just set in the the height of the uh, Sengoku era. Yeah. Did uh, anyone else want to go on this? Uh, I just wanted to say that, like, I'm pretty open to seeing any sort of different time periods than the norm uh, be mm. explored. I, I think it would be uh, really interesting to have a more diverse pool of different time periods for more modern games. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, be like Warriors All-Stars, baby. Mix them up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Or, or Warriors Zero G3. Mm -hmm. The only mm -hmm. game I recall, and I think I've seen it from Dom, was what was it, Samurai Western? Samurai Western was in the 1800s. Um, but it was in the Wild West, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's, that's the locale. Oh. Okay, so there's yeah, a that, similar thing yeah. to Samurai Western on the PS1 called Rising Zan, which was a oh, Samurai West type of deal. Oh, by the way, um, locales is actually a question later. I forgot to put it in oh, that little in that section of flow, so uh, I apologize for that. But yeah, that is a later um question. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I actually... Oh, go on. Hmm? <laughs> oh, I, I just wanted to expand on what I just said. So, uh, have any of you guys seen the the movie The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Who stellar, right? stellar movie. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, my favorite Tom Cruise movie. I'd actually kind of like to see. I, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if any game has done this, but I'd like to see a game set in that period where the uh, the samurais are being phased out in favor of like a more militarized. You know, firearm centric uh, Japan. So I, I think that'd actually be a really interesting uh, uh, premise for a game. Not in the not in the scale, but uh, definitely in the subject matter. Way of the Samurai's one, two, and four are okay. set in those periods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, four in particular really pushes it because they have like they have like. Um, Europeans, I think, coming over in that game, and they're like, you know, introducing like their firearms and like, you know, trading goods and stuff like that. And they're like, there's like a group of samurai that like are really opposed to it in that game. Hmm. Um, in the first way of the samurai game, it's it's very subtle, and it doesn't, you don't necessarily see it until like, um, well, you you see like the industrialization with like trains and stuff like that. There's like a whole train track section in that game, but like. You don't really see it until like mid to like late game, I would say. And uh, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the same case with Way of the Samurai 2 is kind of like mid to late game. Um, okay. But it, it It's really the only example that I could think of as far as um, that kind of style. Uh, but not in the sense of like actually playing as uh, or playing in the... Um, what is it? The, the Boshin Wars, I think it was called. If I remember right, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with that. Uh, oh, neither period, am I. So, yeah. So, so it it definitely be a. I'd definitely like to see it. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody else want to go on this one, or are we good to move on to number six? I'm good to move on. Alrighty, uh, Daybreaker, you want to read off number six? Sure. A lot of samurai and ninja games use common historical figures like uh, Nobunaga Oda, for example. Should games have more uncommon figures like the black samurai Yasuke um, or the 16th century Iga leader Fujibashi... Uh, sorry if I'm butchering this. <laughs> Nagato, if he's interesting enough. Uh, Fujibayashi? Fuji I'm sorry. God, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking horrible <laughs> at pronunciations. Just watch any of my streams. I messed it's up. Hard, if it involves any Japanese name, I'm like, uh... <laughs> mm -hmm. but, I, uh I said Fubayashi, so don't feel bad. Um, but to answer that from my perspective, I, I think it'd actually be really cool to see more non- 
norm historical figures be uh, mentioned, uh, but I'd also like to say, can we get another Musashi title? That's not bad. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice. Because <laughs> the PS2 uh, one was uh, not that great. Yeah. Hey, if if Capcom wants some free real estate, I will legit set out a plan for a Musashi Onimusha game. Oh, God. Uh, I I will legit give them the outline for it because I I have it living real estate free in my mind every day. <laughs> so, C- Capcom, if you're watching this, hit me up. <laughs> I've always been a fan of like that that fish out of water uh, aesthetic. You know, you take a samurai, put him in the modern age or something like that. So I would be fine. You know, for example, I was just rewatching Baki, and then the fact that um, Muhammad Ali's son is like a main character. That's amazing. I would love to see that same thing coming across in a samurai game. Like, uh, it, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if these time periods even link up. But Abraham Lincoln being president in you know ancient feudal Japan, I I would be so on board with that. It's insane. He's a vampire owner, so it'll work. There you go. See, there we <laughs> see. We already have it figured out. We still had no good game about that, but that's a game for another time. <laughs> oh. Here's an idea, okay? Like we can we can take somebody like because um, because they have the uh, Yasuke anime. I still haven't watched it, by the way. It's okay. I really need to, but uh, yeah, is is I nothing special? Yeah, um, doing something like having like Yasuke or whatever, it. right? Mm-hmm. And then like kind of um, or like having characters like uh, or uh, historical figures like William Adams, like we had like in Neo, right? And maybe kind of having like a mix between um you know feudal japanese and more like victorian london kind of oh, like, for sure know, like, like like yeah bloodborne almost mm-hmm. i don't know i think that i think that would be really cool now that i think about it because we were just talking about like having a more survival horror-esque samurai game right why not have a blend of the two like um locales you know you kind of get a a bit of what you're mentioning in that shimagami tensei uh, devil summoner where you're sort of towards the tail end of the meiji restoration a lot of western trends are taking on and stuff uh you know it kind of has that sort of uh aesthetic of that london style western uh fashion and and sensibilities in that very japanese setting I, i love that it's so cool yeah, I, SMT is something I'm I'm really trying to get into in the future because um I, well I'm playing through Persona Three but I I have um I have some of the other like SMT games that I bought and uh, I'm super happy to get them sealed and for a reasonable price so mm. to uh kind of expand on what I said uh it might be too little too late and maybe a little too niche but I would love to see a video game based off of uh the main character from ninja scroll uh jubei kibagami like i think that that would be sick just Mm. to have a freaking game based on him and uh following him around doing stuff yeah 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 i I could see that yeah i um i watched ninja scroll with uh some some of you guys in here and um I i thought it was really interesting um but i don't know too much about ninja scroll so what was the name of that that OVA that was like a continuation of Ninja Scroll? Ninja Resurrection. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's good. You start any anime off with a dude cutting off his own finger to spiritually impregnate a woman, and I'm already on board. You have me. I'm good. 
I'm not even gonna ask. <laughs> Japan. Yep. All right. The only thing that I request of a, a of a Ninja Scroll game is that they bring on board the um, Magoichi Saika voice actor that they had uh, for the first. Uh, what was it? The first movie? Because um, oh, he was in there. Yeah, yeah. The the guy that played Magoichi Saika in um in the first Samurai Warriors was also the voice for Jubei, mm. uh, which is kind of weird because they had um he was also the voice of um. What's his face in um, in uh, Rurouni Kenshin, the the dude with the uh, who would always like fight people like with his fists after he lost his sword. Saito. No, not oh, Saito. Oh no, you're talking about um, Sanosuke. Yeah, Sanosuke. You yeah, because I because um he threw me off because Saito actually knew how to box, so he did do that in the anime. Mm, yeah. Um, well, and they also had um, in in Rurouni Kenshin. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, they should have a Rurouni Kenshin game. That'd be pretty that, lit. How have they not? Holy shit. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. They've, they've made them, but we haven't had like a modern localized one that's like a hack and slash or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the, the Rurouni Kenshin anime, um, and this voice actor came back for like a couple of voices, but they had the um, the the guy that uh, did the voice for uh, Shingen Takeda in the first uh samurai warriors did some of the voices for like i think it was uh it was a i think there was a character named raiko in that anime it, it's been like a almost a year and a half since i watched that anime so it kind of escapes me but uh there were a couple of characters that he voiced in that anime so i don't know i feel like there there are certain voice actors you just have to have on board you know that are like you just associate with some of these samurai games hmm. Uh, did anybody else want to go or? Hey, you on back. Uh, what question everyone? We we were on number six still. Number um, six, okay. Okay, never mind. Yeah, we we, we kind of diverged a little bit, but if if anybody else wanted to kind of talk about this one, yeah, I, uh, I made that one for you, history buffs. So I uh, hopefully that started some something good. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we were, well we we kind of talked about like going into like later periods and so so yeah it, it kind of worked out but um i forget who nikki was talking to me about this um but um there was uh she's she's bringing up a really interesting historical figure i didn't really um hear about before but there's like a um since i was just talking about magoichi saika um and and she might remember this if she's watching this podcast uh but there was a historical figure, uh, female samurai, female, ugh, female musketeer. I don't know. Is, is that the right word? M- musket user. Let's just go with that, right? Oh, okay. Or um, musketeer is a swordsman. So no. Okay. Yeah. So we'll we'll just say musket user rifleman. for rifleman. That works. Rifleman. Yeah. There, there was a go. there was a female rifleman uh, that more or less was like Magoichi Saika in. Uh, the 1500s that doesn't really get talked about a lot um so i think like you could potentially do a really interesting like game game about that especially if you're trying to focus more on uh um you know fire firearm combat i oh, guess for sure yeah that'd be fun as hell and especially like if we're going off of like some of your ideas jared where we kind of throw in like some more steampunk ideas and stuff like that mm-hmm. or or 
I mean, really, truly outlandish ideas, take any level of technology and bring it into the past or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And I'm already happy. You have to really screw that idea up for me not to just enjoy it right on its face. You know, Mm. I automatically think of Splinter Cell, but you're just a ninja that has like dual (laughs) silence pistols or something. You know, speaking of, so we have been diverging a lot. I will say this and I, I, I will go to my grave saying this, that Splinter Cell Conviction is actually super good. I don't care what yes. anybody else says. Yes, 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 yes brother. Oh, brother. I concur. <laughs> I concur. Oh, yeah. that feels so good to get off my it's chest. Such a John, it's such a, like, before John Wick type of game to me. Yeah. Sam oh, pretty so, much. Um, I'm actually going to uh, was going to bring up Splinter Cell in relation to the next question, along with another game. So, But uh, like, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Okay. Did you want to talk about number six, Brandon? Because I don't think you really. Uh, I thought about number it. seven, though. Oh, honestly, no. I had not much to add other than the fact that I pointed out Yasuke and the other guy. Mm. But I would definitely like to see Yasuke get a little bit more attention mm-hmm. for <clears throat> obvious reasons. But we've only yeah. sadly had him in Neo. Oh, you know what? Um, I know I'm talking a lot, but there's a. Um, yeah. Since Daybreaker, you, you brought this up about having uh, kind of like a. Uh, game set in a similar uh, setting to the last samurai there is a there was a french officer that came to japan during that uh during that period that decided to join the samurai and become a samurai himself oh interesting that'd be yeah cool. so maybe maybe they could do a uh, a game based on that but it at least if they want to make it uh not necessarily historically accurate he would you know because the the real history of it was that he was driven out of uh, driven out of parts of Japan and fled north, but if they wanted to you know do like an alternate history where he succeeded with the samurai, I, I could I could see it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, let's uh, let's do a, a number seven because we kind of went all over the place, but I don't really care. This is this is fun. So. <laughs> Um, I'll read off number seven since I don't think I read off anything for a while. Uh, Not many games have a choose-your-own-adventure style. With the popularity of both samurai and ninja games, do you think that there should be more opportunities for games to have this style? Um, I would. Uh, I would absolutely. The whole time I thought we were actually on number seven. So no, no. Um, And and the reason why I would like like it in particular is because, well, you have Way of the Samurai, but it's a very niche series. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no, like, way of the ninja, per se, where you can, you know, be a ninja and, like, decide to be rogue and do, like, all this, like, vile, evil shit or, or vice versa where you, like, retain your honor and serve your uh, your lord. So I, I think there's just a very missed opportunity to kind of just, you know, cater to that kind of niche where you can just do whatever you want and have, like, different outcomes to a, a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of that that style. I I've always been uh, I've always liked the mantra of y- you can make a better story that is one singular thread that people have to play through and in in a more linear fashion than to account for all of the possible decisions a player might make. And the only way to really, other than having a team of just you know a hundred people writing your game the only way to avoid sort of trivializing all the decisions you would make would be to have some of them 
not really matter. And then at that point, then why are you putting them in the game? You know, so the whole choose your own adventure thing, not that I, w I wouldn't want that to exist, you know, in a perfect world or anything. I just, I would prefer a linear, more straightforward story that's told about a single thing as opposed mm. to, you know, if I make a decision, for example, my wife loves The Witcher 3. And it's fun watching her play through that. And the whole time I'm just thinking, what if all of that talent and all of that, that those awesome ideas and uniqueness went towards telling a story the writer wanted to tell and not one that he wanted us to uh, essentially tell with our decisions? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I um, to actually sort of kind of point that, um, obviously everyone here knows talk about this because now we're talking about your game recently, right? Yeah. Now, I know I, I saw Dom mention that Ghost of Tsushima is a choose your adventure type thing, which I strongly disagree with because none of your actions changes the outcome of the narrative at hand. You could be a ghost or ninja. Or I'll, be a... I'll elaborate on that in a moment, but yeah, go on. Yeah. So, like, regardless of what you do, your out the outcome is going to remain the same, even if you take into the side quest into account. Mm -hmm. um, doing side quests before or after won't change the influence of the um narrative at the greater scheme of things mm -hmm. where i say take it um take infamous you know that's more uh, definitely a true to your adventure type thing whereas you'd be a good guy or a bad guy but your actions do have consequences in the grand scheme of things whereas how the world treats you or how certain characters would treat you throughout the story mm -hmm. so like that's something that ghost was missing which um which was one of my critiques though because i feel like that was a missed opportunity because you do see the conflict between you know Jin Sakai and his uncle about being the ghost versus being an honorable samurai. So I think it would have been neat to like have the, like the ghost system or the honor samurai system mm -hmm. to for you to influence what you get at um throughout the game. Because let's say if you go straight samurai, fight all the battles straight up, right? Um, certain cutscenes involving like um Kotokan, I forgot what his name is, and the uncle will still say the same about Jin doing some unsavory methods that samurais wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I said, I'll I'll elaborate on it because it's technically in uh, question number eight. Um, mm -hmm. But I I was definitely thinking it was kind of interesting to, um, you know that we don't necessarily have games where like you know you can basically make your own story per se. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a thing of it takes a lot of talent to make it work well. Oh, mm. for sure. Yeah. That's why you don't see that many. It takes. A lot of skilled writing. Absolutely, and 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 a lot yeah, we... of, of of like uh, uh, sort of uh, you, what's the word like um, focus testing essentially. Okay, so what you know what's what's the the largest group of my player base going to uh, think about this decision? Or you know what I mean? Like that, it takes a whole lot of that shit, and yeah. that's I, I don't Perhaps think technically does it with like I think The Walking Dead season one in particular because that's the one I played the most. Mm -hmm. Um, you do have like a graph or showing what decisions people did. Yeah. And you could be like the outlier, you could be the common or mm -hmm. literally be neutral as possible because you know, some people could be like forty nine, fifty one percent or fifty fifty right. that kind of deal. Yeah. I you know, interesting you should pull that up because uh, me even I just totally contradicting what I just said, I actually love the Walking Dead uh, telltale games, so <laughs> Uh, I love season one a lot, though. I can't speak the same for the later seasons, though. Mm. I really enjoyed season two, but it it doesn't really compare to the the gut wrenching end of season one for sure. Oh yeah, that's definitely a perfect example of your choices don't matter at the end, mm -hmm. certainly. Uh, but that's 
it's a completely different story. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, did no. anyone uh, go on this? Uh, go for this question, or I don't think I really have any much to add. Honestly, uh, I think you guys covered it all pretty much. Yeah, I feel okay. like if I tried to answer it, it'd end up going into question eight anyway. Okay. Uh, do you want to read off number eight then, Sing? Sure. Ghost of Tsushima is a good example of picking your playstyle as either samurai or as a ninja, Ghost as it's called in game. Should more games let the players have more freedom with multi playstyles as Ghost did? Extra note. Uh, make sure I'm reading this right here because it's spelt wrong. Yeah, Sekiro... I know. I think I was pregnant. <laughs> Sekiro also has a picking your playstyle system via the Shinobi tools and ninja arts. Um, actually, I want to go first in this though. Um, this is not necessarily related to the um, like the things we're here, but um, mm -hmm. even like Batman, the Arkham games have that system where you could go in combat where you're not forced to, of course, or do the Predator styles. But um, also, it's the Splinter Cell games, particularly Blacklist. You have three play styles: you have Assault, you have Ghost, ironically enough, and you have Panther, which is a mixture of both, pretty much yeah. lethal stealth. So um, just keep that in your mind when you're like, of course, answer that question because uh, those are. Blacklist did that so well that that's how I refer to playstyles in other games that they let you do it. It mm -hmm. it just it was just so concise. It it just works. I don't know. Yeah, it's literally the simple simplest way to put it. You no, know, if you're like familiar with the series. Just in general, like you could. Yeah. I, I even for ghosts, you could say like, all right. So I guess you call assault. Being a samurai, obviously, Ghost is the same name, so that would be... Well, actually, no, Ghost is different clarification in Splinter Cell, where you don't touch anybody, no no killing, nobody sees yeah. you. Panther is, you kill everybody, so it's like more like Tenchu, where you, you kill everybody and nobody sees you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, and you know what, yeah, I, so... I, I feel like, oh, uh, for, for this specific topic... Uh, I, okay, so what I would like to see is something like this organically worked into a video game where you can make those mm -hmm. decisions, but it's not necessarily like choosing a, a class at the beginning or anything like that. Um, you know, you can ghost things and maybe there'll be rewards or incentives that would try to draw you in that direction. Or you could, you know, go all out and, and do the game's combat and there would be something that would, uh, a, a negative that would come from that or or whatever i i just i don't like for things to be gamified where i have meters that let me know how i'm doing and i would much rather it just organically be worked into the the natural flow of the gameplay as opposed to a selectable class or something that i interact with on, on, a, on a video game type of sense yeah that's what ghost does a good job at like you just it just drops you in and you choose how to go by unless the game like story context was forces to do that one style of course mm -hmm. it does you know yeah. story reasons kind of had to Mm -hmm. But, and also in contrast, like, another game that technically does this is Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider games. Hmm. But there is a more of a incentive for you to do stealth than just going all in with combat, depending on the context of the story, of course. Because you're rewarded more stealth than you are in just going in and blowing dudes' heads off normally. Hmm. So, like, that kind of, like, you know, go, it's like this, like, opposite of Ghost of Tsushima, hmm. in a way, where you're rewarded more for doing this particular playstyle that they want you to do, as opposed to going in at your own pace. Yeah, and, and that's kind of... um like what, what you guys are talking about, that's where I was kind of looking at that from um, when I was originally writing the question. Because um, more more so the way that I think about it is like, 
it would be great if you could just have like you know because people like ninja games and people also like samurai games so like what if you could just have a game where you're technically both and you could just pick whatever you know you could just play however you want per se you know like ghost of tsushima is a perfect example of that but um i'm, I'm also kind of thinking about this from like the perspective of like uh historical context right like mm -hmm. um there are some samurai that were also believed to be ninjas so why not just kind of have it where like you know how you play and how you upgrade your character um kind goes to both regardless mm -hmm. uh, regardless of which play style you want to play but you could basically um mix and match and blend um the play styles to your preference if you want to you know kind of be a mix of both or focus on one over the other uh you know etc etc but just you know have it feel more natural as opposed to more like hey pick your class and just kind of stick with it yeah sure that's kind of how i wanted neo 2 to be because um one of my yeah. critiques with the just brand in general is that i know it's technically samurai gotten by a sense of purpose right but you yeah. have the options to have ninja stuff and mage stuff so it would have been neat for like the sequel where you could pick whether you could be a ninja um, at the core, but also have like the ability to take the experiences from the samurai class and the mage class, and of course vice versa with the mage, right? Instead yeah. of just being a samurai at the core throughout the whole game and just taking bits and pieces from the sam sorry, the ninja and the um, mage um, side yeah. of thing. For but sure. that's what I wanted out of Neo 2, which fortunately when you get that, but still. Uh, did anybody else want to go on number eight, or we get to move on? I'm good. Would have elaborated more on the whole uh, connection between the ninja and the samurai and their origins, but we pretty much already covered that for me. Mm. Yeah, Dom, I'm talking. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> if we want to be like, I guess, a little bit more technical, because like, you know, in, in a historical context, technically before Shinobi was uh, referred to as a, a supa which is part of the reason, at least, like, what what I like about Neo is, like, the skills that you learn in uh, the quote-unquote ninja skills that are called super skills. So, so it's kind of interesting how they... Yeah, some of, some of the skills are specifically referred to that. Like, uh, they have, like, a, they, I think they have a scroll specifically, uh, the, one of the sneaking scrolls, it's called a super scroll. But it, it literally is supposed to kind of predate Shinobi, so... So I guess I do um, kind of appreciate that nice little attention to detail considering the time period. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. I have a side question though, if nobody else got to go, because um, I just thought of this literally just now. But uh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. How do you got? Do you guys think that we should have um, more Ronin type games as well? Because uh, I'm sure you guys know what Ronin is, right? Masterless. Yeah. 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 So like. I, do you guys think that um, we should have something tailored towards, you know, like a Ronin story where he just going against, you know, um, all of the samurais or just not being, you know, a lapdog practically? Absolutely, yeah. I'm fine with that. I mean, we kind of I have not have seen other games. The uh, way of the samurai series, but yeah, that's something we definitely need more of as well. What did you just call it the way of the Ronin then? <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. I, that's a good idea, honestly. I, I have a kind of a weird idea. Um, with, with you know, being a Ronin, right? Um, what if we just took that idea and kind of blended that with like Berserk, right? Okay, you see where I'm going with this, right? So, like, 
you you have kind of more of like the um i guess like the dark tone and setting and maybe even some of like the um like aspects of like the weapons and the characters in a samurai setting right yes yes the de the, the depressing theme of guts right mm -hmm. <laughs> throw that in there too but it's not yeah Yasuke. yeah um the, yeah so like but then you know again just having it more set in like um a feudal japanese setting right um sure and yeah. you could probably make that work out too with like some of the later time periods like the 1800s where things are starting to kind of become a little bit more modern and, and western too so i don't know i, I kind of like the the idea of that i'd be mega down with that yeah for sure <clears throat> like and, and and i guess well i guess kind of in a related note you, you technically have sakura right where your your main character is missing a limb but like imagine that as opposed to you know not a, as a ninja but more as a as a ronin right that would I guess that would be kind of cool having like a fucking cannon on the arm or whatever, right? Or having like different like prosthetic tools. Yeah, you don't see that enough, honestly. Yes, yeah, that's another thing that drew me sick, girl. It's like they took literally real life um, shinobi tools and just convert them into a, literally a prosthetic, which is absurdly out there, but I love it. Mm. Like firecrackers on your hands, you got an axe, a spear that could go pretty far. On my head and whatnot, so like it's pretty nutty. But I like it. Mm. Yeah, the joy of video games. I know you do what you want. Exactly. Uh, so I'm gonna have Jared read off number nine, and then we'll kind of go from there. All right, another ghost-related question. GOT is a deep narrative heavy game that broke the norms of honor-bound samurai of its time and Japanese pride. Should more games go against the norm too? And are there other games that did the same? Huh. I don't know that I could think of any off the top of my head. Uh, so it's really the only only series again, and I know we kind of are talking about this a lot, but Way of the Samurai again. Hmm. Go to Pardito, be my guess. Yeah. So with Way of the Samurai in particular, um, their whole whole system is based on a on an honor code so like uh if you start doing like all this negative shit you start getting a more negative uh you you get you start getting like certain uh story quests and side quests and stuff like that mm. uh where like certain characters and certain factions will start trying to hunt you down and kill you because of the things that you've done and like NPCs will like really hate you or start like being afraid of you because they know that you're like going around and like just killing people for no reason or like uh, you're getting into a lot of fights and stuff like that. But then alternatively, if you're, you know, like helping out the, the villagers or like you're going out of your way to, to do things to um, stop like gangs and th things of that nature, then your your honor is kind of skewed more in your favor if you're trying to be a more you know honorable samurai hmm. yeah i'd be super I like i like the idea of the the sort of outcast right like the the guy who goes against the grain a little bit mm. and i think that 
the Japanese sort of fetishized the idea because, you know, I mean, culturally they spend so much time uh, not making waves that when it comes time to do fiction, they're like, let's make a lot of waves with this one. So, yeah, I like the concept for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does anybody else want to go? It's hard to think of an example like that uh, in regards to other games, but not even just uh, like between Samurai Ninja games, but just like any other game in general. Mm. Yeah, I, but I, I always tend to like skew towards those type of characters, like uh, someone who, uh, for example, like Moguichi and and Onimusha too someone who has reached the the pinnacle of skill as like a as a warrior uh but doesn't necessarily you know like strut his shit around all the time he just likes sitting around and smoking his pipe and chilling you know what i mean like or the the typical (laughs) drunk warrior or something someone who just doesn't line up with your typical archetype of like superman you know only Musha 2 did that great, actually, now that you bring it up. Yeah. Because then they had those two personalities conflict with Eke and mm. um, and Magoichi. Yeah. Anybody uh, else want to go before we uh, move on to the next one? No, I think you guys covered it. All righty. Um, James, you want to read off number 10? If there's a company you'll like to see make a C, uh, make a samurai or a ninja game that hasn't made one before, like Sucker Punch did, for example, with Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, extra note: Sucker Punch has proven that you don't need a Japanese developer to make a nearly historical accurate game or tell a story set in that culture. Should more Western devs make games like Ghost? Uh, yeah, I'd like to see somebody get out of their comfort zone and try it. Has Team um, Ninja yeah, made one yet? Team Ninja? Yeah. I, wait, yeah. is it Team Ninja who did the DMC reboot, right? No, that's no, that, that, oh, no, that's Ninja Theory. <laughs> Ninja like Theory, everybody's, okay. Everybody's done that by uh, accident. Oh, for I sure, yeah. I, I would like to see them. It seems ridiculous if they haven't already Ninja so, Theory done it. So technically they have. Okay. Um, before they were Ninja Theory, they, they were going under a different name and they were like... Just add well, Monsters, I believe it was. Yeah, I think they were... Uh, they were basically like a subsidiary for like Sony, like very small. Hmm. Uh, and before that, they were just basically a development studio that would fix bugs. But one of their first games was uh, a game called Ninja Party, I think. Ninja Party. It, it's, it's like one of those. It was like a really, um, really niche game. Hold on. Let me let me hmm. look it up. Um. I would like to say that uh, in terms of a ninja game, since they haven't done one yet, since they have done a technically samurai game, I would love to see Platinum do a ninja game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, does ninja... I mean, fuck, here I go. Um, does Metal Gear Rising technically count? Ooh, I mean, I would, okay. consider, I would consider him more a samurai because he uses a katana, but that's just... Uh, uh, I, I know, I know, but, you know, going by, you know, what Ryan is in the series, like, they call him a ninja, so I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, 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 yeah okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Uh, c- correction, actually, their, their very first game was not a ninja game. Um, Ragdoll Kung Fu, was it? Or uh, Kung Fu was? Chaos. Yes, was that was their it. first game. <laughs> but it's weird because they have a ninja on the cover, so... So I guess it technically counts, even though it's it's not a ninja game. <laughs> so oh, 
But right, I'm gonna go on this. Um, I have two companies in mind, which uh will sound a little weird. Um, one would be Rocksteady, because I mean, to a technicality, you know, Batman is a ninja if you know the mythos and lore, right? Mm. But they nailed the the predator style, which is stealth altogether, right? So okay. I want them to take you know their knowledge with the predator style and just make a stealth based ninja game with it. Yeah. Right. Right. I think they could they could nail that pretty well. But on a open world scale, this will come as a surprise though, or not, depending on who you ask. But I want Rockstar to do something Ooh. um with the ninja or samurai. Because they, they know how to do a open world pretty well. Just they need to work on their gameplay just a little bit, you know. Because mm. they're not, you know, the most amazing when it comes to their um gameplay loop. But I think they could nail it on, on a general scale of the game. It would be if interesting it, to see a game like that running with the uh, Euphoria engine and the weird movement style they have with that engine. That'd be kind of cool to see. Yeah. It would definitely be cool to see, but I would have to say that they would really have to rear it back on like terms of like dialogue. Hmm. You know, it can't just be like GTA where every other freaking character is dropping an F-bomb, you yeah. know, because then that would be oh, that, that would really that... put me off of the experience. Uh, that would be expected, though, because even with their other games that are not GTA-related, though, well, depending on the game, of course, um, even they, like, like say, Bully is toned down enough, where it's not all profanity, though. It's more like PG profanity, to put it simple. Hmm. Or right. with Eleanor, you know, um, it's appropriate for the time. No, uh, you do have your cursing, though, but uh, they speak like they're into the 1940s. So, like, I think they will be fine as far as, like, getting the dialogue just right. Because hmm. even with the um, Grand Father games, like, their dialogue is appropriate for the setting and time period of their games. So, they will be fine in that regard. Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Anyone else? I'm drawing blank on Western developers. So. Yeah, I have a hard okay, time um, well, you know, you don't have to be Western developers in particular, though. I just want to point out that you don't need an um, Eastern developer to make, mm. or a Japanese developer to right. make right. a game in their culture. And, and that's kind of where I'm looking at it. Like, I, I would definitely like to see another Western developer sort of take the reins of what Ghost of Tsushima mm. showed and, and do a game set in that style or, you know, set in that area of the world. I, I just don't know who I would prefer to, to take that, you know. Um, yeah. Who was uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn made by? Was that oh, Gorilla uh, Games? Gorilla, Gorilla Games. Games. I, I could I could see them doing it. They did pretty good with uh, Horizon. So, so, so I'm I'm actually gonna kind of say something a little bit weird. I guess I mean, maybe not weird, but like just a little bit different. Instead of looking at a AAA developer, I would want to see uh, more indie de- devs from the West work on that kind of stuff. Because mm. like yeah. they they do like. There are indie devs that have worked on those types of games, but not to the droves that, like, like at least I see where, like, a lot of indie games make Metroidvania-style games, or they make a lot of survival, like, classic survival horror-style games, or, you know, uh, Doom-style successors and stuff like that. I, I haven't really seen a lot of Western indie devs try to tackle a samurai game, or a ninja game, for that matter, so... Mm. I'd like to see more of a, an upsurge of that. Well, I, I, I could definitely throw an indie studio out. Uh, the Game Bakers who made Fury. I mean, that's kind of sort of samurai-esque because the yeah. main character At least Jason, yeah. Uh, so I, I could definitely see them. I would definitely want to see them do something because like, their, their second game, Haven, I absolutely fucking loved it. So 
I would love to see them do some sort of like Ninja Samurai style game. For sure, yeah. Yeah, um yeah, cuz like and I I definitely think that the uh like the potential is there. We're just not um you know, like I said, we're not really seeing it um as like a consistent thing where like a lot of like indie devs are doing it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the typical thing that we're seeing is like, oh, here's the classic arcade style platformer. Here's the, um, you know, Resident Evil successor or Silent Hill style successor, right? Or here's the, the next Doom or, or um, what was the other one? Uh, what was the yeah, other one that was indie like... developers are targeting a, a dead or niche genre, whereas, yeah. you know... Triple A developers are targeting next big thing. So yeah, I think that's also too just mainly because when you make something that let's say it's like a 16-bit style action platform, like obviously that's going to have a market and that's going to have appeal, that's going to have a draw. So I think a lot of indie developers kind of stick to the safer genres that they know will sell because people like you know, especially if the mechanics and the story and you know, just everything all around is really good, yeah. people will end up buying it. And I think that's kind of why they, they tend to stray away from more experimental stuff. Like, it's honestly kind of amazing uh, bringing up the Game Bakers again. You know, they they made Fury and they made Haven, and those have both been successful. So, um, and Haven is a, a complete departure from what Fury established. So they didn't just stick to, like, one single note in terms of how their games play and everything yeah. like that. You know, so there are indie studios that are willing to take risks, but I think a lot of studios realize that the, that um, the market is going to uh, pull more and and be more fluent, you know, uh, more prosperous if they back off nostalgia. You know, and I think that's why some of those like FPS games, uh, the the running guns, kind of like Dusk, are so successful is because yeah. you know there there is a market for that old Quake. Mm-hmm. style uh first person shooter and so it, that's you know it gains notoriety because everybody who played quake went to go play that and were like oh my god this is like the next best thing to the right. original quake so right you know I, I i think that's really what it comes down to and i i i wish more indie developers would kind of test the waters more but i i do think it's you know there might be some that do that that just don't take off like their game doesn't sell or yeah. you know whatever the case mm. may be yeah, for sure. Yeah, I. Yeah, it, it's you know if, if like the latter um, the latter uh, of that kind of scenario is, is definitely unfortunate, especially like if it has a lot of potential. Because um, I mean, we kind of see that also with some of the you know genres and uh, successors that it, that we were talking about, right? So, so it's one of those things where I guess. Um, I would just really hope that uh, at least in the future we can um, we could definitely see some more indies try to try to take on those risks or at least at the very um, at the very least um, blend that with something that might seem a little bit more safe to them in yeah. terms of taking a risk because I think um, when, when you're not really uh, when everybody's trying to do the same thing it, it lacks variety and you're 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 kind of becoming like the triple A market where the triple A market um, also doesn't really want to take risks and doesn't want to try to bring up those things that were, you know, not, not necessarily niche, but big at one point and yeah, try sure. to make them as big as some of the stuff that we have now. Hmm. 
So, uh, one thing I'm surprised nobody mentioned Ubisoft. Like, I'm legit surprised. I was waiting for um, Ubisoft to answer. Really? I so, don't have faith at the current Ubisoft. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. Yeah. I don't think it would go well for me. Now, here's my stance with Ubisoft mm. right now. I'm not going to completely rule them out as much as I really want to because it's fucking Ubisoft. Where everybody knows what we're dealing with here, <laughs> right? Um, but um, I, of course you can say it's too little, too late, considering like the past remarks from Ubisoft and what they're doing now. But given the current state of, say, Assassin's Creed, for example, mm. they could do it because with Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, you know, considering that the historical fiction, you know, fantasy type shit, right? Even with that in mind, they still do their best to incorporate what was appropriate at the time when it comes to their combat into the um, into their perspective games. I do right. think they could definitely nail that aspect in a say Japan um, Assassin's Creed game. Just my worry is that um, how far would they go with it, and will they still have like you know the old methods of stealth and whatnot? Because wasn't there like a guy that came out saying like stealth is no longer a factor in our Assassin's Creed game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But this and this was also the same same company where we had a, a different developer come out and was like, "Well, fans come up with the most boring ideas, like AC Japan or AC Egypt, you know, and stuff like that." So, and ironically, was, we have Egypt, yeah. Greece, and now um, freaking Scandinavia. So, like, yeah. <laughs> also, so, like, ironic, all the... coming, or ironic coming from the company that's just nothing but European settings the entire time and calls everybody else's ideas boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. and 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 here's the thing with like with like in Assassin's Creed in particular, right? Like let's just assume it's specifically going to be AC because chances are Ubisoft is gonna play it safe with, with their IPs and whatnot, right? Um the thing with like AC Japan or like even in AC China and, and the reason why I think they don't do it is because of the fact that they know they have to actually innovate the combat. Cause there's so yeah, many different like styles of martial arts and hmm. yeah. effort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, New and, animation, and you, you know Ubisoft is not going to do it. Like they'd you rather put. Thing, real quick, oh, come on. To, sorry yeah. to cut you off on that one. No, no, no you're good. The thing is, their business models would yes. kill it for me. Like I don't want the yeah. time save, all the microtransactions. Like I know that they're going to try and do it anyway, but it's like no, nah. that to me that kills the mood for the game because I know they're going to make the game around that shit, and I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. worst offense is like the recent game Valhalla. Um, unlike freaking Odyssey, a lot of things they did were actually towards the one player in their favor. They backtracked it so hard in Valhalla, where it's almost like you need to spend an extra dollar on just getting stuff. Because um, like with them adding new um stuff into the game, you know, via patches or whatnot, um, you the game itself is not set to have enough of the natural resources you can get normally. So you had a choice but to buy it from the little store thing. Oh, that was not an issue. Character progression was a problem too. They like nerfed the EXP. I'm like, I don't want the game to try and yeah. incentivize me to buy it because they made it so slow. Like, I'm just not going to play the game then. Yeah, like so like that little nuances though will definitely break, you know, a game. Actually, uh, I had one. Um, has anybody uh, mentioned Santa Monica? Santa Monica. I was going to though, but uh, I'm not sure how um, that would be received though, because you know, God of War is like the hot topic these days. But yeah. even with, with that in mind, though, I doubt they will just make a God of War clone. 
I think they'll be fine with it though. But so like, you know, they could probably if, make a good number of games. Okay, if they made a game that had more of the philosophy, uh, design-wise of the older God of Wars, like three, for example, or something, I think it would be amazing. If it's the new style, uh, I think it would be really boring. But that's just my personal take on it. I I'm not a fan of the way the new God of War went. But I say yeah. them because they have the potential. Because they've done it, you know, for years. They've made the older God of Wars, which are great. So they could definitely do it. So that's why I put them on the list. It all depends on what design philosophy they decide to go with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's stuff like this will take time for them iron out new kinks and whatnot, but most definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I think we're we're good on this one, right? So. If you guys want to move on to number eleven, right? I actually do have one to add. Uh, one oh, go for it. I'd like to see uh, Val their hand in the pot, and they have done archetypes similar to Samurai Ninjas with some characters, but I wanted to see them go all the way with this. Would be into creates. Into creates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Oh shit! Hold on. Actually, I got two more. Um, <laughs> the freaking io interactive i think they could definitely do like a weird blend in type um game with ninjas in mind oh well, you, you know, know what we did hitman yeah, and you're, right. double yeah. seven. you're absolutely right with that like a hitman style ninja game where like you just blend in as a regular villager or like gardener or whatever right and then you just you know like poison somebody's tea or like you know, mm -hmm. shoot a, an arrow at their face or something. Yeah, I, I you. hate you for saying that because now I'm just imagining 47 with like a top and knot. Yes, <laughs> yes, he's gonna have a chomage. Yes. Oh, so what those things? Uh, I'm pretty sure you're talking about it, right? But the musical instrument you saw that dude play during a Ghost of Tsushima reveal. Imagine 47 with that, or was actually a blow dart to shoot poison on darts out of him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like yes, yeah, probably has done that in history somewhere. An instrument that doubles as a weapon like that. Oh yeah, yeah. it is. It's out there. Like it's actually a real thing, but I just don't know what it's called. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I can also, definitely see that. Like it seems like a good idea. I think the, the other company is called Avalanche Games. Um, the guy that did the, the Mordor Middle Earth games mm -hmm. in recent history. Um, they do a good job with their own stuff as well. It's just it's not the main focus compared to, I like, say, Batman, for example. But I think they could definitely nail one as well with either Samurai or Ninja. I always mix them up because they have such similar combat to Rocksteady, so I keep forgetting they're the ones who did Mordor. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they could they could definitely do it. They have stealth down pretty well. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they got it. But that's all I can think of on top of my head. So we good to move on to number eleven. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yes. Okay, Brandon, good. you want to read off number 11? If I assist. Uh, are there any locales you want to see used outside of Japan? So, honestly, it could be like, you no, know, any country, any freaking state, you know, mm. some anything outside, just outside of general location of Japan. You know, we have a mind. I could see a lot of potential if uh, we had a game like that set in India. Yeah, India. Uh, of course. <laughs> I'm not talking. Honestly, you. though, shut up. <laughs> I mean, I'm not bringing it up just because I'm Indian, but uh, but I well, one of the things I always found interesting was having like some sort of crossover between the Sikhs and the samurai, because in terms of their lifestyle, like they weren't so that far removed. They had this 
like own system with uh, how they were originally formed. Uh, like basically not drawing their own weapons unless they were explicitly going for blood. Mm-hmm. That's one example. I don't want to keep it too long, otherwise I go on a little just feel. But yeah. But so similar concepts in, in yeah terms similar of concepts. combat. Okay, yeah. Also, for me, um, actually in um not India, fuck China, because I uh, remember Assassin's Creed um that movie with SEO, I forgot what it's called on top of my head. You know, you had a girl with the um, little throwing knives and whatnot and sword combat. I hmm. think like a China setting could actually work as well because uh, isn't that too drastically different from Japan, of course, though, which is, you know, over here, but at the same time, the aesthetic would be unique enough for, um, to have a different take on, like, how to approach things. Didn't no, they do, can... uh, didn't they do what? a spinoff game in China, but it was really bad? Uh, it's not that it was bad, it, it was, was a 2.5, yeah, 2.5D mm. game with Russia, India, and China. Ooh, a Russian they, they, one they would be sweet. Yeah, they lazed out basically. They didn't make the actual like 3D full AC game, and people got mad about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm still mad about it. <laughs> actually, you know, that kind of that kind of makes me think like, you know, if you have a samurai game set in China, right? You can kind of make that like Shenmue in terms of. Uh, I know Shenmue might be hit or miss for some people, but like I'm, for... I mean more so. <laughs> Damn it. I'm I mean more so like in the sense of like. Imagine if you had like hand to hand combat options as well as uh, melee combat options, and you could blend between like Chinese martial arts and Japanese martial arts. Fight like a Shaolin. Yeah, and yeah, and almost. look for sailors. So, yeah, 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 look, yeah, exactly. Look for feudal sailors. Um, but like, no, no, really, like I, I could see that working in in that kind of sense where like if they wanted to have a. Um, you know, maybe like an action adventure game where you, you blend, you know, Chinese martial arts with Japanese martial arts, but it's more, um, you know, unlike Shenmue where it's more action orientated, uh, I could definitely see it working. Um, I'm going to be a bit of an oddball here, but um, I would kind of like to see a mix between like um, kind of like Native American, uh, like my people, cultural, like aspects you know and and like combat and stuff like that mixed in with a japanese setting i don't know i feel i feel like that'd be a very interesting like art style and uh unique like in terms of like combat and like the types of weapons you could see especially if they just go for a more like fantasy style game i agree because you know a lot of um games based around you know natives are honestly kind of bad or cheaply made like the best yeah. one I could think of top of my head really is just freaking Assassin's Creed Three. Yeah, Balls I was gonna say that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what but... I would like to see would be sort of like maybe alt history takes. Like imagine kind of what a, like off the top of my head is thinking like do like old medieval stuff, but instead of like it being knights, be samurai instead. Um, I, I think that'd be really interesting to see, like, you know, maybe even like you could go into like the fantasy realm of doing like the, uh, the King Arthur story, but instead of, you know, it being knights, you know, and everything, it's samurai and ninja. I, I, I think that would actually be really interesting. Um, you are, also you are just a design a, game, but you know, when <laughs> samurai knights, <laughs> Arthur don't know. <laughs> 
but uh, uh also hear me out uh just uh can we have like a ninja game or like uh, like a modern ninja game set in like the freaking outback just like because of all the crazy shit that lives out there yeah. <laughs> uh, in australia you know what yeah, they say australia is an mmo <laughs> <laughs> only if all the main enemies are kangaroos no, nah, we don't. Oh, fuck that. I there wish it was go. only kangaroos. You there want giant go. spiders and shit? There you go. No, fuck it. Ninja kangaroo. There we fucking go. Okay. There we go. Okay. We, you we, need to we, stop. We... This, this, sound, this sounds like a PS2 game. <laughs> only something that would happen. This that this is period. a perfect Actually, idea. Yeah. And no, then you can hit. Kangaroos should be samurais and the ninjas should be spiders. Hey, if we can have a ninja, uh, kangaroo boxer in Tekken, why can't we have a kangaroo ninja? Mm. Let's go. Are you Let's telling go. me the it's, Black it's, Spider uh, Clan returns, Brandon? Yeah, Rue from yes. Saints of Rage begs to differ. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Rue's of Rage. Yeah. Rue's of Rage. <laughs> we we got to be ridiculous with this. Like, you could you could have, like, you could have, like, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I hope that didn't peak. Um, no, you're good. Um, you could have like uh, I don't know, like just think of a ridiculous looking um, yokai, right, and just blend it in with like Australian animals. Oh, for sure, yeah, that works already. Oh, right. oh yeah, yeah okay, that does sound that. interesting. All right, you win, though. Like big, big ass, like oni looking freaking kangaroos or like freaking camel spiders. Oh my god, kangaroo yeah, or, over here. Let's go. Um. You know, since I was talking about blending, <laughs> you know, since, since since I was talking about blending like Native American um, like aspects to Japanese culture, right? Um, one thing that I was kind of uh, interested in learning about is this uh, folk tale about a, a bird called the Thunderbird, right? So, like, imagine like, yeah, imagine like facing like mythical like birds and like other types of like native american creatures or whatever right that are in folklore but like with the japanese twist to it hmm. that would also be kind of cool a little bit of a side tangent like i would love to see a game kind of like that like a shadow of colossus-esque sort of game where you fight these like larger than life you know mythological creatures no yeah absolutely yeah, that's that that'd be cool Everything in Australia is already mythological at this point. <laughs> it really is. God of War Outback. We're we're not talking. If we have any Australian uh, viewers, uh, the IAS, we're not talking shit. We love you guys. We I love got you, friends bro. out there. You're so <laughs> your native land is scary. Yeah, Damn, I mean, I live in Florida, scary. which is like the U.S.'s sort of uh, soft ass entry level oh. Australia. <laughs> Learning. I, I didn't I, know you live in Florida, man. Thank you for the jokes. Oh, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I genuinely, I do have an alligator currently as we speak in the lake that's behind my backyard. Like a little small Are you baby. serious? I swear to Christ, I'll send you the picture. I swear to God. <laughs> See, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, because um, you all have like Burmese pythons down there too, right? So like, mm -hmm. those, I don't those know. Those were the thing. <laughs> for the longest time, people wanted to buy those and they couldn't take care of them. Mm. got rid of them and they flooded the Everglades. Yeah, like I don't know. I like I'm not afraid of snakes, but I I don't think I would I'd want to deal with like a like you know ten foot long snake that could like overpower me like super right, easily. Tell me, stay away from me. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Like uh, I I'm just like my fight or flight <laughs> picks oh, in if it's something yeah. that can kill me. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah, I don't fuck around. Like, listen, I'm 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 around alligators all the time living here, but I don't get anywhere fucking near them. <laughs> Absolutely not. They they don't want to be bothered anyway. It's, it's, uh, multi- I, I assume gators like bees. They don't, you don't bother them, they won't bother you generally. Uh, gators, generally speaking, I would not necessarily harmless. I know we're diverging, but hear me out here. They're not necessarily harmless though, but they, like James said, they won't bother you. They're not. They're, they're not actively going after people. Yeah, they're like crocs though. Crocs, if they if they look at you, just look the other way. Don't, don't even bother looking at them. But as gators though, like they're they're like they're more docile by comparison. To it, crocs. it depends uh, on where they are. If people have been feeding True. them, because gators tend to uh, associate people with food once you start feeding them, and you know a, a gator's natural instinct when it feels reverberation inside the water is to go towards it. And for example, uh, down here in Florida, someone was riding a bicycle in a kind of swampy sort of trail and their kid went a little bit off the trail kind of fell off sideways it was that fast the the gator had already snatched him pulled him under and took him for a little death spiral thing (laughs) it's terrifying that's why i don't get anywhere near (laughs) you don't jump in a fucking canal in florida everybody knows that the only people who die from that stuff are tourists Mm. Okay, so I, I have a bit of a fucked up idea based on, on that right. story. Oh, Ninja okay. alligators, okay. here it is. Ninja. No. <laughs> no. So I have a bit of a fucked up story with that. Um, or an Make idea, I mm-hmm. No. Uh, so we should have like a, a, a fucking like Oni, like alligator or crocodile, right? And just as like a way to like kind of bait new players, they go into the creek and just... Any subtle movement will just attract this like creature that's gonna fuck their shit up. She's terrifying oh, geez, already. So like... I, I couldn't stand the alligators in in Resident Evil Five. Genuinely horror inducing, like really and truly. Yeah, I, you I, never know what they're gonna come up. So like that was honestly fear for there. Yeah, I think I died to like the first alligator crocodile I ran into uh, in Metal Gear Solid Three the first time. Oh, I nice. oh, I, I was always <laughs> fucking with those things, man. I, I like messing with them. I get behind them, punch them a little bit, and then just smack them. <laughs> yeah, I tried to kick it. It uh, it it tail whipped me. Here we go. Let me real quick while we're doing this. You guys just need to see this. Let me drag it over. This is the gator that is currently. This picture is yesterday old, <laughs> and this is this is oh. right near where I lift. Like I lift at, at a barn on my property, and there's a gator. He's he's probably the size of a, a pretty big dog, in the little lake that's on my property. Uh, that thing is still a child too. So, <laughs> uh, it's it you it's insane. You throw a little stick into the water, and you watch that fool just. I mean, as fast as you can imagine, just show up where those ripples start. It's cool as hell. You're going to have to name him at some point if he sticks around. And there's a little baby one in there now, too, so I'm starting to think <laughs> about that. Brandon, goddammit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Why would you do this? So, I'd shit my I, 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 I think we're pretty good on number 11, shit. right? So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, why don't we end things off? Uh, so to end things off, if you had the power of God to bring back a game or series via sequel, remake, re-release, or revival, which game or series would it would that be? You know damn well I'm gonna say Onimusha. Mm, <laughs> like, of course, yeah. Of like course. like I said, already ha- in reality has a fair chance of coming back, or at least the remakes might happen or remastered. Yeah, and and like you know. Like I said, I have this like ridiculous idea for like a new like 
trilogy of games in in the back of my mind that's like living real estate free and again i'm going to emphasize this capcom if you if you want free real estate like i i will i will give you these ideas for free you could even take credit for it i don't care like i just, I just want this to happen mm -hmm. right um but like yeah i i think uh, onimusha in particular that's the the one thing that i really want to see come back you know and um, and the shitty thing is too is it's totally mm -hmm. doable and it, it given yeah. the market share that they had when the games first released and accounting for uh modern gamers not being as willing to pick it up you could still spend a, a pittance you know just a, an indie game developer's price to build something where you only are 3d modeling certain assets in the environment and the rest are 2d flat images i mean i it it's a game that's so cheap and easy to make from uh for for a, a company like capcom who has so many resources already at its disposal it's, it's almost criminal that they haven't done this yet but again, or, it goes back to the idea that, oh, these are antiquated ideas and design concepts and therefore just cannot be done anymore. Or, or here, here's an idea. Um, since, and, and I don't know why Capcom keeps doing this, but they keep having Neobards do like their, their side online multiplayer ventures, right? Mm -hmm. For RE. Yeah. Why not just stop having them do that and just make them work on like smaller projects like that? Like you can have, a, I guess like a, to test the waters, do like a side Onimusha game. It doesn't necessarily have to be Onimusha 4 because the, the last Onimusha game, like legitimate game that we left off with was uh, Shin Onimusha Dawn of Dreams, mm -hmm. which is what it's known in Japan, but it's in the US, it's just called Onimusha Dawn of Dreams. Mm -hmm. um, but then other than that, we had a web browser game, Onimusha Soul. So mm -hmm. like that was legitimately like the last game. So I don't, I don't see why you couldn't just, you know, take Neobards and just have them do like these smaller projects to kind of, you know, more or less test the waters to see if people are, you know, on top of like the remasters to see if people are still interested in these franchises. Mm -hmm. What style so, format would you put it in? I assume um, you would maybe something like Onimusha 3? Yeah, so, so Onimusha 3, I think, was like, well, like, keep in mind, Onimusha 2 is my favorite game um, in, in that series. So, so what you, I would want, like mechanically and all that. So, I would kind of want like a blend of two and three, basically, because two mm -hmm. introduced some ideas that three ended up cutting out. Um, and and I mean that more so in the gameplay perspective, um, because mm -hmm. like, like you extra had this, moves and whatnot. Yeah, like which wasn't done in 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 Onimusha three. They just cut that out, and then. Dawn of Dreams brought back some of those ideas, but I don't think they did them as well as they did in, in 2. Um, like, having the hub area and being able to, like, talk to various NPCs and get, like, trading items and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, I like that idea. I just, I think, like, I agree with everybody else in the sense that it doesn't need to be so randomized mm -hmm. or uh, RNG heavy, you know? Yeah. So. So I think I, I would... I definitely agree with it, for sure. Yeah, so, so I think, like, I would... I basically want, like... An Onimusha 4, I think the ideal thing would be to have it be like a mix of what 2 and 3 were, where you have things like branching paths and a, and a bond system, basically. So that way you can basically keep going back to that game and experience different stories and different scenarios with these characters. Mm. Um, but otherwise have a an overarching, you know, uh, singular narrative like onimusha 2 had where mm -hmm. yeah you do have these side quests and side scenarios but the the main story is still the same um 
but also like you know what Onimusha 3 and, and technically Dawn of Dreams expanded on to an extent is you know having a more free camera a lock-on system that you know admittedly Dawn of Dreams was right in adding in um just hopefully not as handholdy as Dawn of Dreams where you have always have a second character on hand Eason's mm. e being completely irrelevant with magic system that basically acts as a second Eason stuff like that so yeah. so I don't want to go on too much of a tangent but basically yeah, I I want Onimusha to come back yeah I'm with so, you on that yeah, okay yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go next though because I have actually have a few games though but I would try my best to keep them sh um, short keyboard sure. try yeah I'm going to start with the obvious one, which is Ninja Gun 4, or where we're going to call the next one, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I wouldn't be against them doing, like, a spin-off game with, like, evolving, like, say, Hayate and his clan, Logan Tensho, and then, of course, evolve Kasumi and Yanni in it. I want, I would, or have one with Rachel as her, as a hunter. I wouldn't be against that at all, though. But that being said, oh, like, the main bread and butter with Ryu Hayabusa, um, I definitely... Okay, since now, obviously, everybody knows that Neo is canon to the Ninja Gun sister um series, right? They should definitely take notes from those series as far as like enemy variety and enemy design. And one thing, the one thing that honestly Ninja Gaiden definitely falls flat on is just variety enemies and um design wise. So and since you know their sister series though, they should take notes from how um Neo designed their enemies, not not mechanically, just pure design how they look, and also the amount of um enemies that you um they have. Like throughout a stage, for example. Mm -hmm. So that's something they should take notes from. Also, I think Ninja Gaiden should at least have a hard lock on if you want to focus on just one target at a time for whatever particular reason, or if you're in a boss fight. Because the one thing that I noticed when replaying these games on the Master Collection is that, especially in two, the camera is actually pretty bad in certain fights. Mm -hmm. So, and that could have been easily remedied just by literally having a um, lock on. What so, yeah, that's that. Because Arian was saying he wished it had weapon switching. Weapon switching, that right there, I'm not entirely sure on the stance on because I don't want it to be like Double May Cry because it's not Double May Cry. Mm -hmm. But at the same oh, time, though, if. Well. But on one hand, though, it'll be more convenient just like hit left or right on D pad and then switch a weapon like um right there and then say just going to sub me when doing that. So there's that to consider. I think, yeah, I think they did it in a way where you can't. Like you can't be like DMC where you're mid combo and then you just switch and you go into something else. I think you'd have to stop the combo. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Because even um actually um Onimusha remastered it does that. You can switch your weapon to your ranger your melee weapon though, but you need to stand still to do it. Now, granted though, I do think Onimusha can benefit from weapon switching on the fly though. Just I don't want to be too democratic, um, aesthetically, you know. Hmm. Yeah, you know I, mean? I. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing with like. You know, I again, I don't want to go too much on this, but like with the new Onimusha, like as much as I'm okay with them taking maybe certain like cues from Devil May Cry, um, kind of like how Onimusha, Devil May Cry, and, and Dino Crisis all started off, and everybody considered them to be like RE clones, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, I want them to all stand out, so like even if Onimusha does take certain aspects from devil may cry or even like ninja a, a new ninja Gaiden or whatever game that we want to see come back i don't want them to be like okay well let's just take these aspects and just make it too much like the other game because then we kind of lose that uniqueness and variety that some of these games had mm -hmm. yeah that 
I of course didn't enough though. That's actually one of my little gripes with say Democrat Five, for example. It lost a lot of some of its charm and things they made it stood out, you know, from the RE clones that were like and say um Dem even Democrat two, I know hot topic, Democrat three, even four, you know. So I don't want them to do that same thing with Onimusha. I want them to keep what made Onimusha, you know, so great for three games. Four, if you like um Dawn of Dreams. While also you know, bring it into a you no know, fresh light, you know, for twenty twenty one or whatever year you no know, you want the game to come out in. But um, that being said, though, um, going on from Onimusha, I do want a Sekiro sequel, but only on one condition: I want them to get rid of the Soulsborne mechanics. Like, as much as I am enjoying the game, though, I yeah, I don't like the idea of me literally getting two shotted despite me having a like, good. Like, God forbid, if I didn't have a good health bar, I'm going to get one shot at by a particular I policy. always it's find absurd. it, as a side note with that game, one reason why I get sick of it is because I'm sick of everybody else can take, like, 40 hits, but I can take two. I'm like, I don't I don't like this. I would prefer if it was even on both playing fields. Mm. Yeah, like, I, I definitely... As easily as I do. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, though. Now, granted, though, technically, that is the case if you build the posture, but that varies from, you know, enemy enemy, boss of boss, and also your skill level and what you have equipped on the, on you as um Sekiro. See, now but, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to do very... something that I'm very well known for doing and take this all back to the to Stalker. I, I Stalker had the best approach to difficulty I've ever seen before and it's the most successful in my opinion. When you increase the difficulty in Stalker, you not only increase how lethal bullets are to you, but how lethal bullets are to the enemy. And I think all difficulty sliders and these uh, sort of uh, technically proficient, uh, super fast-paced, like, combat-driven games should be, okay, I want to raise the difficulty so I could kill enemies easier. The only off the only uh, thing that makes that worse is they can kill me easier. I don't know. Something about that just, it feels so much more balanced. Ninja yeah, Gaiden you know kind of, sort of did that, at least in the 360 version, since the enemies died a lot easier but in, like if you put the game to master ninja you can die in like three hits mm -hmm. but the enemies also are very easy to dismember and kill immediately so i think actually the guy um, sort of got close to that actually a little correction though on the 360 version you could take a little bit more hits from lesser enemies just the bosses are the problem hmm. it's like correction on that one though but yes you're um running money on that one though like is they it was more they have more numerous amounts of enemies in the original version of two but they were a lot weaker. They were not sponges like Sigma. So that, that mm -hmm. was the main difference. But yeah, they got, the two got close to it. it. It was in the realm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, shit. That's another game I had in my mind, but I should forget. No, oh, fuck it. Tenchu. No, where, what's Tenchu at? Oh, there you go. All oh, right. I, I, damn it, I was going to say that. Yeah, because um, Sekiro, I'm sure some people probably know this, though, but it was originally going to be a um, Tenchu game, though, but they decided to change it into Sekiro because uh, it diverged a little too much from what made you know, Tenchu Tenchu, which, mm -hmm. thank God for that, because honestly, I probably have a different opinion. This was a Tenchu game. It's not even... I don't know why they haven't. It's not hard to make a good Tenchu game. Tenchu's no, not complicated not. in its format. Like, they already have, a surprisingly, a strong foundation with Sekiro, just needing to, like, Again, get rid of the Soulsborne stuff and yeah, make they, it more grounded. It has to be separate from Souls. Like that's like if they made like as a side thing, like say people want Armored Core to come come back, 
Yeah, that shit would be a they Souls made that game. Like a <laughs> mech Souls game, I think people would hate that. Hmm. Surprising yeah. remastered Tenchu three. You neither. I'm surprised Tenchu in general hasn't gotten like a little collection. That kind of irks yeah. me. Oh, that'd be one amazing. or two definitely need a remake though. But the thing that three really desperately needs is a control revamp because for the love of Christ, I hate inverted controls for cameras. Like that's I don't a, know why that was so popular in Cameron. Yeah, that was huge that, back then. Yeah, yeah, like even Democrat one had it though for like the flying segment though. It's inverted. Like mm -hmm. either every damn PS2 game at the earliest stages had inverted um controls. Why? Sorry, that's a like, tangent. You don't like DMC one with uh the swimming and it's inverted. Like no, I can <laughs> live with that. The, Honestly, the I can live with that though. The flight section was more of a nuisance though because how it was. So swimming, that was like nothing. I could deal with it. But I just, I, I, I'm not a serial killer. I can't do inverted. <laughs> that's all. That's I always gotta go with something extreme for that. I can't wrap my head around it. There's like no. one or two games you, where I. You're I not. You're not a military uh, flight pilot. <laughs> so you're not going into dogfights trying to you know yeah, you're maneuver not against. Legit. Yeah, yeah trying to maneuver games. against like Russian aircraft. I like, feel like inverted controls work fine in like a flight simulator, but that's it. I don't like it anywhere else. Yeah, that like they feel more natural in a flight sim, but they don't work right in a you know in Literally anything, anything else. else. So, yeah. so like Tenchu, yeah, and and oh, I got you know that's what I was asking. Like I'm kind of surprised Tenchu, Tenchu three, and I think Tenchu Z. Or, or even Fatal Shadows, like, none of those games had, like, a remaster, you know? And then, like, for the first two games, they didn't get remakes, so it's like... Don't get me started, Tenchu Z is just still yeah. stuck to the 360. I'm like, you could have PC ported this game by now, Microsoft. They, what do you think? They have the backwards compatibility for it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, yeah, it's a launch 360 game, and they've never ported it or done anything else with it. With that era, that... there are so many examples of that. I mean, you know, you have The Darkness on PS3. Like, there's a million different games that would have been um, incredible on PC it, that just never left that era. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but they shut down servers, by the way. Oh, so you won't get the shit again. <laughs> okay, different story. But, uh, man, that's, that's all the games I have in mind. Listen, unless you want to count the Shinobi uh, Nightshade series as well. I would love to see another Shinobi. I wouldn't mind a remake, actually, of the original Shinobi. The 3DS game? Uh, oh no! I mean, um, well, it's not original. But you I guess mean the PS2 the version. PS2 reboot, right? Mm. I'd love, yeah. I'd love to yeah. play that again. I, um, I don't want the. I would actually like to see much. Nightshade. I guess I want. Yeah, I Nightshade was good. To like, a, yeah, Nightshade as well. I wouldn't be opposed to like a semi one for one remake, but obviously mm. modern conveniences and better controls and things like that. Uh, so, so actually, ending. the thing about the controls, um, for both shinobi ps2 and nightshade is that or kuno he depending on where you got it from uh is that you have fully customizable controls so that was the one thing like and that's a, that's the a thing that it's i don't understand why idea, unfortunately yeah I don't, I don't understand why more games don't have this it's uh, cinematic have this option yeah um because sometimes I, I genuinely hate the control schemes that developers give us like um which is something like i uh i hate about silent hill 3 because Silent Hill 3, it doesn't have fully customizable controls like the first two games, but mm. that's a whole other thing. Um, but uh, with... What is it? With um, fully customizable controls like in Shinobi Nightshade, you could basically, like, if you want the dash or the, the dodge button 
uh, on Circle and make it feel a little bit more like Devil May Cry, you could do that. You could have X to jump. You could have like square triangle as your attack button and stuff like that. And, and I really like that about those games. Mm. So. Oh, and I guess the other thing, I would never touch uh, Hotsuma's design. He's perfect. He looks so cool. There's nothing to touch with him, in my opinion. You know, I think I think they could actually do like a maybe a modern retouch update. No, I, I can see it, though. They want to add, add extra something. details, but his general design should be the same, especially the super long scarf. That's, that's like so trademark for him now. Yeah, they gave that to uh, they gave that to Joe in uh, the the 3DS remake of the first game. So Joe has the long scarf too. Mm -hmm. I like the little eyeballs on the thing above his, like. Uh, oh yeah, I like the, the headband. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the headband's super sick. Uh so I. Oh, oh. Really, really quick, I was gonna say something about the headband before you go, Daybreaker. Oh, go for um, it. Yeah, with like the Shinobi PS2 and Nightshade, uh, I like how for those games they make it like more modern, like almost like night vision tactical gear. But mm -hmm. for like that uh, 3DS remake, it's just like a typical headband that you would see on like a ninja or samurai. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to go, Daybreaker? Oh yeah. Um. So for me personally, uh, I've got a couple. So obviously, I, I said it earlier on, but I would I would love to see uh, the uh, Gonbare Goemon games make a resurgence. Um, Konami gave us a Castlevania collection and a Contra collection, so I don't see why it would be outside the realm of possibility for them to do the same uh, for the Goemon series. I I think that that would be great. Like I think that that would be a good way to invest interest and see if people still would want that series around so that way you could just you know jam pack that collection with you know <clears throat> a handful of the games mm -hmm. and put it out there like shit i'll probably buy it twice because i'm gonna i'm i'm already buying the freaking castlevania collection twice because i'm buying the physical yeah <clears throat> um i'm probably gonna do the same for the contra collection so it's like i i would buy it twice i'd buy it digitally and then i'd buy the physical when it comes out Mm -hmm. uh so so that would definitely be uh something i'd like to see i i would also uh you guys brought up tenchu and brought up uh maybe either getting like a pc pour or or something of that nature for the series uh if i was going to throw uh someone out there as a potential developer who could potentially remaster it for pc i would love to see night dive studios do it they have done phenomenal work with the remasters that they've done for the pc ports rock one two and forsaken oh yeah um so i would i would totally be fine with giving it to them uh they also did doom 64 recently as well they uh mm -hmm. they actually officially helped with the doom 64 port so i would i would absolutely love to see them handle it um i think that that would be a uh, a good studio pick also too i i didn't have a proper time to say this earlier but i would in terms of like samurai and ninja games can we get more with female protagonists as the lead we don't really have a lot of those aside from nightshade and then uh red ninja red ninja on ps2 oh, and yeah. um of course the, and um, they always yeah. get relegated to like the companion character or at least the secondary for some reason i mean oh, at least right. uh, I, I believe uh sorry yeah i believe uh ayame from or is it ayane or ayame, ayane. from from tenchu mm -hmm. uh oh tenchu she, oh ayane. yeah yeah, Ayani. Uh, she, yeah, uh, you know, she she gets her own campaign, so that that's at least something. Um, but yeah, I would I would like Fatal to see shadows it. as well. Um, both of the female characters were the main characters for that game. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. There was no Ricky Morrow or anybody else as far as I recall. I really don't understand yep. it myself, but whenever possible, if there's a, a selectable like female character, I'm I'm always the girl. Like I always main females in fighting games. I have no I think aesthetically yep. I just it looks good to me. I don't know the the, the female uh form. So yeah, I'm all on board with that for sure. Oh, you're a guy. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, I, I, I definitely I mean, agree with you because, like, as um our friend um um Celestial Reaper Arian, he also says like, no, he loves um playing as female characters because female characters can do things that male characters cannot do just just because of one one they're guys. So mm-hmm. let's take Bayonetta for example, right? No, Dante for example, because that's like the comparison people like to use, right? Ain't gonna do the shit she does. Or even if Dante's a bit flamboyant sometimes, he ain't gonna do like all you know those flips and splits and whatnot, right? He's not gonna so, turn half naked for a second. Yeah, so like you don't go see that from um from Dante. So Bayonetta has that cover, right? So it gives her something that stands out more. On top of that, you also like say um two B or A two, right? You know the way they um fight, the way they animate, you know it feels different and it feels nicer compared to what you play as Nine S or any other male character for the matter, right? So. You could do things with the female, with their form, how they fight, you know, all that compared to the guy, you know. So I definitely agree, like, you know, the female characters are definitely are underrated, but not for the reasons that the common folk on Twitter think. Hmm, yeah. And before anybody in the comments yeah. of this video says it, I know about the Senran Kagura games. I've played the Senran Kagura <laughs> games. I don't want big titty ninja girls. I just want yeah. ninja samurai girls who are actually, like, you know, in a in a proper narrative story, like the Sandra Gagra games are fine for what they are. I, mm. I get the appeal of them, and uh, yeah. Daidoji is best girl in fucking Sandra Gagra. So, um, but yeah, like I, I I just want more in the style of like Ghost of Tsushima, just focused on female characters. Yeah, because there is a place for that very uh, fan service uh, type of like female character for sure, but I feel like mm-hmm. it's hard to have a serious tone or, or story if if your main character it, it just takes you out of out of a situation when it's just constant eye candy all the time. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind if it's like a very rare like thing that happens in the game. Sure, like absolutely. Easter egg or something, I don't mind, but otherwise, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, even with the eye candy effect, though, let's be honest here, though, like, name one that's, like, one female character that's very conservative and that's really badass, you know, there's plenty out there, you know, hmm. like, yeah, they could have a big bust all, all day, right, though, but yeah. they could be conservative and they still could kick a lot of ass, like, there's plenty out there, you know, so. Yeah, no, I'd it, love to it's see it. Usually, it's usually, well, at least before stupidity hit us 10 years later, mm. uh, <laughs> most female characters usually were designed with both sex appeal and Bad, being badass, I mm-hmm. miss that, and I hate that you can't have one without the other, or the other way around. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, like, uh, like what happened to Laura Croft and what they made her. I don't even want to get into that. I mm-hmm. despise what she is now. Man, took all the fun out of her. I, I think people don't understand that in a situation where you'd be playing a female protagonist in a game with a lot of combat, that's someone who's really well trained. And, you know, I mean, like, my wife, is, is, she lifts with me every day. She, it's it's totally doable for a woman to have a very athletic and toned physique if there's someone who's trained in doing physical activities over and over again. I think people tend to pretend like it's it's 
it's unrealistic for women to have like really nice bodies in these video games. It's like, well, I mean, if you went to the uh, gym uh, every mean, single day and you know were swinging uh, a twenty pound training sword every day, you'd have great shoulders and you know awesome abs too. I mean, yeah, it's a God. Okay, this is so divergent though. I hate to bring it up. So <laughs> fuck. But like, it's, it's a as well. yeah. I mean, it's a thing that you know you don't see like guys complaining about other guys looking good unless you're you know really scared about yourself. We are very opposite. Yeah. If we see a character that looks cool and they're buff, we probably will say, "I want to be just like." We're this on dude. board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want to be just like this guy. It's, well, it's not. I think people don't understand that why you don't see like heavy set characters or unattractive characters. People don't want to see this. People are. I'm just being blunt. People mm. want to be entertained, right? I think. I don't, I'm not. I mean, but to be like, I don't know how to put this. Like, it's. I'm here for fantasy. I'm here to be entertained. I would rather see a good role model, I guess, for myself mm. versus. I, I not I don't understand the obsession with making characters that have to relate to you. I don't need to relate to every character. Let's just make them cool. No, I'm that simple. I relate no, to literally even, no characters. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you don't need to. Not in the most literal sense, though. Like you can still like know like sympathize with a character, or you could find something that you could relate to in one way or another. Just mm -hmm. not to the most literal sense. No, I'm not gonna yeah. be a badass chucking a giant sword around, though. But. I can find something that you no, know, I can like see myself in that character, mm -hmm. whether how they um use their emotions, how they, you know, I mean, um deal with situations, you no, know, that sure. kind of way. Yeah, Dante's see a good the... example, right? Because oh, a good chunk of us know that character. Um, like he's got all these family problems. I don't exactly. need to be a half demon, super badass man to sympathize with him or relate right, in that right. regard. Yeah, he yeah. Doesn't ha he doesn't have to be me. He could just have one trait that is so happens to relate to me, and that's fine. See, I, I can turn this into a Samurai Ninja related <laughs> topic too. Um, so like for me, like, you know, for some of the characters that I relate to, like um, I could really relate to how they portray Yukimura Sonata in the Samurai Warrior series, as well as a bit of um, Nobunaga Oda in the Samurai Warrior series. Um, Nobunaga, mostly because he's just kind of going against the grain of like everybody, and that legitimately happened in history too. But like, um, he's very drastically different, and in in that sense, they kind of portray him as like you know the like evil demon king type of character. Yeah. But I could really relate to that in the sense that like you know everybody calls him a fool for wanting to not follow what everybody else does, and then with Yukimura, um especially like towards the end of his story is like um his whole like his whole personality is about just doing what he believes is right or uh sticking to what he believes in so and, and i could i could really relate to that like even, you know it just at least in the sense of like just because somebody else wants me to believe in something else doesn't mean i'm gonna necessarily change how i feel about it mm. And everybody died. Uh, <laughs> All at once. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, a huge divergence from the topic or of the podcast altogether, though. But honestly, I feel like that need to be said. Oh, for sure. Hey, yeah, I, yeah it, I'm sorry. Fun. that I, I kind of kick-started that. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean... I we, just wanted to get ahead of commenters before they were like, well, the fucking Sangren Kagura exists. <laughs> you got, you got a ninja-centric female-only game. It's like, no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Since you bring that up, Daybreaker, actually, without there's a way to do because if you're doing a female ninja in history, uh, 
they definitely use their body to get what they wanted, whether it's information or something else. So that, yeah, for I, sure. If I had a better body, I'd be using that. it to get what I want yeah. too. I mean, that's like all that. That's my Shiranui in a fucking nutshell. I mean, that's like the whole thing yeah, about her fighting yeah, style. Oh, she, yeah, she, she, she's supposed to be a ninja. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like an example of despite of what's on the outside. I mean, literally on the outside, you know, the inside of her, she's like a different character. So she uses what her uh, her assets to take advantage of the situation sure. and just kicks a lot of ass. Mm -hmm. I totally misheard that. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I bet you, I bet you did sing. Considering what we're talking about, I bet you did. <laughs> Hormones are frying his brain right now, poor boy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, we can wrap up now. We, yeah. Okay. So um. Uh, I'm just going to read down the list and we'll, we'll go from there. So, uh, Jared, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Avalanche Jared, J-A-R-E-D, and on YouTube, Avalanche Reviews. Nice. After that, uh, we got Daybreaker. Where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and you at Daybreaker Rain, where I talk about gaming things and do gaming-related content on my channel. Nice. Uh, after that, we got Devil Hunter James. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Dev Hunter James. Nice. Uh, after that, we got Singlong. Where can we find you? You can find me at Twitter at Sing underscore Long. And then last but not least, where can we find you, Brandon? Now you got them, but I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter at Immortal Brandel. <laughs> I was waiting for something. You find me on Twitch at Sarah Randall. And what I said last time, oh yeah, now you got them business. Have a fabulous <laughs> day. Okay, uh, and then you guys can find me as biodevil underscore dom uh, on YouTube, Twitter, rare occasions on Twitch. I'm, rare occasions on YouTube. Rare occasions, that's never. Yeah, very rare occasions. Extremely rare. But, um... Uh, don't worry, yeah. I'm bad too. It's alright. Yeah. Um... You know, so um, I'm I'm trying to work on an RE7 review as well as an RE3 re oh, RE3 original, not remake review yet. Um, but we'll see where where that gets me. But until then, um, this has been pretty fun. Uh, it's been fun talking to you all, and I hope we can do it again sometime with other topics. Oh, yeah. uh, but in the meantime, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's been a blast. So we will see you all later. Later, everybody. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yep. Okay.